1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto
1: Centers.
3: and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You need this here
4: and go. Sunshine, lollipops, uh-huh. and
3: rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. together. Uh, you're Cardinals. Yeah. We don't even need to be sunshine, lollipops. The Cardinals are dominant now. They have turned the corner, uh-huh. and here come the Cardinals. Uh-huh.
5: You're not yeah. sold, C.D.? Yeah, Brooke, yeah. Carrie,
3: Randy, 7 o'clock right. time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. C.D., let me... Qualify this. Okay. Cardinals are dominant oh. when they play the Nationals. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like how you added that. There you go. When they
6: play that, like they, do it very fast when and they soft. <laughs> um, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to hold off because I, I no, tend I to get a me. little bit excited when they perform well. And I feel like a little bit of Groundhog's Day when that music plays now. It's, it's we're doing something right. We're having good times. Everything's going well. And as Brooke likes to say, when that song comes on, some kind, sometimes it could be from a scary movie. And whack, somebody yeah. could lose yep. their life right yeah. at that moment. So we're going to just
0: wait it take out. Take a
6: deep breath. S- smell the flowers. Okay. Blow, Blow out, out the, the candles. candles. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just breathe this one out and, and, and allow it to play itself out. Because let me tell you something. Yep. That first inning was, no, was uh, not,
3: <laughs> and, and by the way, it, w- don't worry about who the opponent— Just enjoy the fact that the Cardinals, especially after they trail 5 nothing, get a lead <laughs> and win. Uh, man, it's, a, it's a good thing.
5: You're inti- good you're thing. entitled to happiness every once in thank a while. Thank
3: you, thank you, Brooke. There I you appreciate go. that very much. I am totally entitled. You you are
5: to happiness. <laughs> 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 to happiness.
3: <laughs> so the the Nat- the Nationals. Okay, do you guys remember a few years ago there was a Nationals player? I don't know. It might have been Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, and on the front of his jersey, it said oh. N-A-T-O, no, N A T I. N a l s. Yeah, just yeah. nationals. No, no O. No O, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I think I do remember that. So anyway, that's why I call them the nationals now and then. Cardinals down 5-0 early. Looked like Jack Flaherty was going to have one of those bad days. And me, didn't have a great day. But thankfully for him, Hannes Wagner reached base in the third inning to bring up Tommy Twobags.
4: In the air center, Robles is a terrific defender. Still going, still going off his glove. There's a break. He tumbles to the warning track. Warner's going to wait. Here comes the throw. Instead, it's not going to be made. Thank you very much. Almost ran from pillar to post, slammed into the wall, and he's down on two knees on the grass in center, and the Cardinals have arrived. Chip, so carry the call on Bally
3: Sports. It'd be a story if you were down on three knees. No, oh, yeah.
7: Uh, it would be. Uh, oh, my God. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I uh, anyways. My, I, just, I just made myself laugh. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway,
3: Tommy <laughs> Two Bags becomes Tommy Three Bags, and Paul Goldschmidt, the National League's reigning MVP, stepped in.
4: Smoked into center field. Here's a run scoring hit. RBI number 36 for Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals creeping back into the game. It's now 5-2.
3: Oh yeah, they're creeping back all right. Hannes Wagner aboard in the fifth along with Tommy Bags for
4: Dorney Baseball. Pitch hit high in the air toward right field. Thomas back, track wall! It's a game-time bomb! We've come all the way back from 5-0. And it was
3: 6-5 at that point, an RBI hit by Arenado made it a 7-5 game, and then Wilson Contreras later in the 7th made it 8-5, and for the third day in a row, Jordan
4: Hicks came on to put out the fire. And here it is from Hicks. He got it! Three days in a row! Jordan Hicks seals the deal for the Cardinals, who complete an amazing 8-6 comeback win.
3: Donnie Baseball with that home run, one for four with three runs batted in. Goldie two for five with a couple of RBIs. Nolan Arnauto with another hit, another RBI for the Cardinals. Contreras with another hit, another RBI. J-Dub goes two for four. And the big story here is that Ali Marmol maybe out of necessity, kept Jack Flaherty in the game after a bad start in the first couple of innings. But Flaherty winds up allowing 10 hits and six in the third. Six runs, he struck out five and only walked one. And amazingly, in allowing that many runs and striking out six, only threw 99 pitches.
5: Yeah, that was an outing that was a lot better than the numbers indicated. And you have to give credit to him for perseverance and just battling through that as well and maybe it was more of just they needed him to do that and he needed that as well just that ability to come back he also came in the game leading the majors in walks with 43 but he issued only his only free pass in the seventh inning so that's another encouraging takeaway and I'm sure we'll get texts and they're like oh that was awful that was a terrible outing by Jack Flaherty either way they were able to come back in this game and Jack Flaherty was able to come back in Mm -hmm. this game as well too
6: it was a terrible start as I said that that getting out to uh 5-0 deficit was, you you just felt like, oh, okay, this Mm -hmm. is is where we are. But again, to his credit, he was able to continue to battle in there, stay in there, and fight through it, and his his team came through and helped him out. Brendan Mm -hmm. Donovan hitting that home run to tie the game up. You felt like it was a new game at that point, so uh, good job by him, and great job by Jordan Hicks. I mean, here's a young man that we talked about earlier in the year. There is no way he's going to get in any of those high leverage moments three days in a row, still hitting 104 miles an hour on the, on the uh, radar. He is And asked, asked Ali for the ball, said, I want it again today. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got to tip your cap to him for Randy to be 26 again. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd do a, I'd give a lot.
7: Yeah, because
6: <laughs> yeah. when you're 26 and you can try it out there for three days in a row and still do what you're able to do. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to watch this young man play baseball. And
3: we do need to qualify this by pointing out that the Nationals do have the absolute worst record in the National League. Well, but a win is a win. Track? Is a win. Yeah, that's they don't use strength of schedule when determining postseason <laughs> teams in, in baseball, right? So Jordan Hicks, how do you prepare for pitching three days in a row like Bruce Suter used to do? I'm um, just making sure with the training staff, making sure we got our work in after both games back to back. And then I'm um, just preparing the right, right way, going long toss, and just uh, having good communication
4: with uh, managers and pitching coaches.
3: Should point out that Bruce Suter was throwing 87 and Hicks is throwing 104. So <sighs> it's a little bit different f- to throw three days Lord. in a row. Yeah. I would guess he's not available today. I would assume so. I would, I would hope
6: that they can, that they don't need him today. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, let's say that we don't have to have a save situation. Yeah. Let, let's <laughs> let's let's just hope that that's not the case today.
3: M- Mackenzie Gore, who came over in the Soto trade, three and five with the three point seven four going for Washington, and Jordan Montgomery, three and seven with the three point nine one going for the Cardinals in the six o'clock game at Washington
5: yeah you just got to play the nationals a lot can can we change the schedule to that yeah can we just change the schedule to that and look i want to be positive this morning i told you guys yesterday i want to be optimistic i i realize who that they are facing right now and i'm already getting some texts in from the 636 sorry brooke but if the cards only score five we'd be talking about how bad of a start it was for flaherty that's how you can tell it's a bad start well, but they came back and, they, and won. they won. The
3: fact, the bottom line is they did win. Yeah. the Yeah. All that matters. The Reds won their game too. Joey Votto returned with a game winning hit. He hadn't played in almost a year, 10 months. And the Reds beat the Rockies five to four. And all of a sudden the Reds have won nine in a row. And they are in first place in the division now. Pittsburgh losing to the Cubs, eight nil. Clean sheet for uh, the Cubbies. <laughs> and uh, the, the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get out of the Brewers. Uh, they lost to the Diamondbacks 9-1. to one. And by the way, the Diamondbacks are another team to look out for in the National League. A lot of young teams that we don't know an awful lot about are succeeding at a high level in this league.
5: Yeah, that's... The Reds right now, too, the way that they are just rising behind De La Cruz, yeah. it's been very, very interesting to watch.
3: Yeah, they're impressive. They're, they're pretty good. And the Cardinals will go to London, obviously, and I would hope that they will not have... Too much jet lag when they come back because they have to play Houston and the Yankees. And Houston is really, really struggling, but they're a really good team. So by the time they get to town next week, they'll probably be rolling again. Cardinals have 30 wins. We are in the 30 mark. Okay, yeah. We got out of
6: the 20s, got into the 30s, and we are uh, only eight games back, Randy. Brooke. Only eight. Only eight. You yep. know, get within five at the <laughs> All Star break and you look. got something. Now, now you go. I'm
5: pulling you over to the optimistic side. I, I, there we go. I'm, I'm pulling I'm right you over. There.
6: I, I'm with you. We are we are eight games back. Look at oh, uh, Eeyore has has comments <laughs> oh, no. for us. Here comes his dark cloud. Come on, they're going to win.
8: They're going to win 72 games. We talking
6: about? Uh, well, then then I guess the the Reds only need to win 71.
7: <laughs> so the Cardinals going to win 72?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm being slightly optimistic. Well, they're so out of roll. roll. Uh, by the way, Skip Schumacher's Miami Marlins, if the playoffs started today, would be in the playoffs. And Luis Ariz, who the Twins, and it's not a Max Kellerman, it's Arise. It, it is Arise. Uh, he had five hits last night, went five for five. And here on June 20th, Luis Ariz, who led the American League in hitting last year, is hitting over 400. That's amazing. <laughs> oh um, can he
6: stay there for the entire season? That's, the, that's a tough task. He's gonna have to have some, some games where he's walking a lot, and because you're not gonna you're not gonna go three for four or, or two for four every
3: day. You're gonna have some no. games, and you're gonna have some o for fours. You're gonna, yeah. So he's hitting exactly four hundred. Here's the thing: when Pete Rose was flirting with the record back in the seventies, or more recently when Tony Gwynn when the strike hit was hitting three ninety four, there were amphetamines allowed. And we would get into August and September, and players that should be gassed were not. And now that baseball tests for amphetamines, you don't have that inherent advantage that those guys had of being able to go out and feel so fresh every single day. Mm-hmm. There's no way a guy's ever hitting 400 again. No chance. Well, I, I
6: I would agree with you, but we didn't think that we'd see a guy throw 104 three days in a row either. So, yeah, it's, it's a little different because yeah, it's a longer six grind. Yeah. It's a longer grind. But all in all, we, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be a tough is, task, though. Yeah. It,
3: you're going against closers. Yeah. When, when Ted Williams was hitting 400, he wasn't facing the guy throwing 104 right. in the main thing, right? <laughs> right. It, was, it was just a different animal. All right, we're off and running here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You know, we all want the Cardinals to spend more money, but how has spending a lot of money worked for teams that did it? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: consternation over the fact that the Cardinals don't spend a lot of money and that if they would have spent money last offseason last offseason that they would have been a contender been much better right now than they are I believe it's instructive to look at history and try to find that team that signed a free agent for a particular year as the last piece of the puzzle and then won with said player like Last year, the Mets signed Max Scherzer. Did not lead to them getting to or winning the World Series. This year, the Mets have signed Justin Verlander. That's still open to question. The Rangers have signed Jacob deGrom. They may go a long way, but it's not going to be because Jacob deGrom is part of it. He is undergoing Tommy John surgery. The Yankees still haven't been to a World Series with free agent signee Garrett Cole. The Twins have not been to a World Series with free agent signee Carlos Correa I'm running down the highest average annual value free agents that have been signed Anthony Rendon Angels has not helped them even make the playoffs Trevor Bauer with the Dodgers certainly didn't help them make it to the World Series and I would say was a disgrace to the the Dodgers I, I think that's pretty fair when Zach Greinke signed with Arizona certainly did not help them make it to a World Series there are very few well it's almost impossible to find a, a free agent that has helped a team the year he signed with them. Now, did Scherzer help the Washington Nationals when he signed the seven-year deal? Yes, he signed in 2015, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. They won the World Series. Did Bryce Harper help the Phillies get to the World Series? Absolutely, yep. he did. They he signed in 2019 and then it was 22 19 20 21 22 his fourth year yeah. he helped them get there the highest paid players in baseball when they sign with as free agents with other other teams that is not the antidote that is not the way you win the teams that win are teams that draft and develop even the Dodgers if you, if you look at the Dodgers roster, it's primarily built through draft and develop and the Yankees too by the way so I think it's one thing to say yeah the Cardinals should have spent a lot more money but it's another thing altogether to try to win with that much money have the Cardinals spent poorly yes the Cardinals probably would have been better off over the last decade not signing free agents rather than spending the money they did on Fowler, mm-hmm. Leek, Peralta, uh, Maybe Contreras, we don't know. Uh, Andrew Miller, they they would have been better the way they evaluate free agents, not signing them than than having those guys.
6: Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, just trying to figure out because Cardinal fans are are steadfast in their belief that you need to sign a, you need to spend big money in the offseason. That, that you need to go get one of those guys. And I asked you, Randy, I said, when's the last time one of those big money names? Won a World Series within the year or, or the following year after signing one of those contracts. And we, what, what who did you go back to?
3: I think it was the, somebody was number 93 or something. Let me go. It was back. a
6: while, it, it was a it was, but normally, it was long time. it's it takes two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. I think about a ride when he signed with the with the Yankees, it, they didn't win right away, it took a few years for them, and that to get, was a trade. And that was a trade. So, you, you have you have um those big money contracts where. You want people to go out and spend a lot of money, but the best way to develop a team is through your farm system, is developing the guys as they're coming up in the ranks and being able to know what guys do well and what they don't do well so that way you can build your team. And, and when you go out and just got, get a guy and spend a lot of money on him, it's not a guarantee that you're going to win a World Series that following year.
3: And I believe you have to go back to 09 with CC Sabathia and Mark Teixeira with the Yankees.
5: Yeah, I, well, and somebody pointed out in the text line, too, you could look at the Rangers, but as you already mentioned there, Jacob deGrom is a big chunk of that $300 million that they've spent this past offseason to kind of retool their pitching staff and their team in general. Jacob deGrom, a huge part of that. That obviously has now worked out. The big question I have now, and we were talking about this during the break, is are the Rays the new model of what teams will be looking for? And do people think this is good or bad for baseball? Because I was able to look it up going into the season. The Rays had a payroll of about $307 million over the past five years, a lower figure than all but four teams. And it's working out for them.
3: Uh, Brooke, do you have the the rundown there of all the teams? Do you do you have the team-by-team payrolls, the the rankings? I think Spotrack has that if we just look it up.
5: For this year? Yeah. Okay. Let me because
3: I think it's... A, really interesting to look specifically at the Rays, who are clearly the smartest organization in baseball.
6: I had it yesterday. I thought they were like 27, teams. Yeah, I think they're they're the fourth lowest. But if
3: we look at the top teams now, Texas made big expenditures during the offseason. Probably the biggest one was signing their manager, Bruce Bochy. They're the number two team in the American League. The Orioles are the number three team in the American League. If I'm not mistaken, they're number in the bottom five in payroll in all of Major League Baseball. Orioles are 29. 29. There you go. And then you have the Angels, who have spent a lot of money and finally are start, starting to see some return on their investment. This all started for the Angels in 2000. 12, and finally they're starting to see return on investment, and then the Yankees and the Astros. In the National League, team with the best record is the Atlanta Braves, who, when they lost Freddie Freeman, made the trade for Matt Olson. But if you look at the Braves lineup and look at the Braves pitching, that's not a team that was built on free agency. That was a team that was built on draft and develop and then signing their own guys. Signing them early. Yep. Making sure yep. That, that they
6: kept the guys in before they yep. got to that big number. Second best record in the National League, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. Bottom 10 in payroll? Arizona is number 21. 21, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, Number three, Miami Marlins. Third best record in the National League. 22. Number four, San Francisco Giants. Uh,
6: Giants. They're probably
3: in the middle of the pack, I would think. Yeah, Yeah. they are
5: 11. 11.
3: So there you go. And then you have the Dodgers and the Phillies that have spent a lot of money. And the the National League Central leading Reds, by the way, are... Right now, sitting with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best record in the National League, but they lead the National League Central. So I guess it, it's fun. It is fun when you have a team like Philadelphia where your owner says, We want to spend stupid, stupid money. It's fun to have Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler and Nick Castellanos on your team, no doubt about it. And they did go to the World Series with those guys. It's fun to be a fan of the pod race, right? Because you have an all star team. But I think the the lesson to be learned here is until one of those teams winds up winning a World Series, and let's give credit where credit is due to Philadelphia, but until the Mets and the Padres wind up in the World Series, if it's Atlanta that goes to the World Series or Miami that goes to the World Series, it's really not the answer to spend stupid money.
5: Especially when it comes to, it seems like, starting pitching, has become mm-hmm. a giant gamble during the offseason because those guys who deserve and want those big contracts are they tend to be like what in that 30 plus range even a little bit later on in their 30s and it seems like a lot more injury prone and that's what that's exactly what john Mozeliak said right when it came to how they approached the starting pitching market he was like well the guys that we did look at they've started out mm-hmm. the season injured
3: right and then you look at a Tampa Brooke. Shane McClanahan developed it within their system. Tyler Glasnow was part of the uh, Chris Archer trade, I believe, with Pittsburgh. Zach Eflin, they signed as an inexpensive free agent. Taj Bradley, uh, Yanni Chir- Chirinos. You look at Houston with their starting rotation. It's incredible. They signed a bunch of older international free agents, and that's how they won the World Series last year. Does Houston have that big money guy in their starting rotation? Here's Houston's rotation for you right now. Fromber Valdez, international signing. Christian Javier, international signing. Hunter Brown, draft choice. JP France, draft choice. Uh, Ronel Blanco, international signing. And none of those are big money free agents. Pitching specifically because pitchers get hurt, is much more – I'm not going to say easy. It's much more Mm cost-effective to develop your own pitchers and find an advantage – Tampa's found an advantage. Houston's found an advantage. You need to find a competitive advantage to develop pitching.
6: So when is the team going to? Which team or or when is a team going to realize that the analytics are not the sole way to go, and the spending the big money is not the sole way to go? Which which team is going to be the team that wins a World Series? Is are we looking at the Tampa Bay Rays as that that type of organization? But they're they're well, they analytics win series.
3: Sherry? we have three uh, the three-time right. world they got yeah. Yeah, we, we, we have the three-time world champion <laughs> San Francisco Giants Giants is the, right? the answer for that Yep and the last team was Washington in 2019 right mm-hmm. And by the way uh, Atlanta was with, with Alex Anthopoulos not that they don't use analytics but that's not an analytics team Brian right. Snitker certainly isn't an analytics manager and y- there needs to be a blend you need analytics Pre- predictive analysis yes. is not a bad thing but Ultimately, what you need is, as our friend Boog Shambi voice of the Cub, says, you need dudes.
7: Yeah,
6: <laughs> you, you, you need don't need mathematician. You need dudes. Yeah, need we, dudes. We, in football, we say it's not about the X's and O's; it's about the Jimmies and the Jones. Absolutely. That's yeah. <laughs> all that you get. Guys that can yeah. go out there and make plays, and you know, you can forget about everything else. Yeah.
3: By the way, I'll add this: uh, it would be ridiculous of me to say that if the Cardinals would have signed. Justin Verlander last offseason that I wouldn't have been fired up. I would have been totally fired up if they would have signed Verlander or Jacob deGrom. But for a team especially that deals within the realm of a budget, like it or not, the Cardinals are going to have a budget, unlike the Padres or the Mets. they They feel like... They should run it more as a business, so they have a certain amount that they're going to spend on player payroll. I would have loved to have have them signed Verlander, but I don't know that he would have made a tremendous amount of difference for them this year based upon what's happened in New York.
5: No, I, I don't either. And that's where you look very smart coming out on that, that you didn't go out and spend all that big money. I do think, and somebody pointed out on the text line as well, is sometimes people do just want to see that you're addressing kind of known deficiencies going into a season Mm -hmm. when it comes to your roster construction
6: they did that they went out and paid 87.5 million dollars for a catcher yeah then told him he wasn't going to catch but uh, 100 (laughs) percent right
3: but i do think when mo made the comment that payroll would go up i don't think the cardinals read the pitching market like it turned out i don't think that they envisioned Rodon getting 137 million, or mm-hmm. Verlander getting 43 million a year. or the, even the the lower level guys, like the, the the deal that Evaldi got is and it was late in the process, but it's still, based upon his recent history and his injuries, he he he's a, a nice pitcher for the Rangers. But I don't think that that would have been a prudent signing. If the Cardinals would have done it, the Rangers have a lot more money to spend than the Cardinals do, and so even that one would like to have had him. I'm not saying I wouldn't have, but he got 34 million over two years from the the Rangers, and I don't think the Cardinals at that point for that particular pitcher. Clearly, they they weren't prepared to go there, and I think it's because they didn't read the market. Brooke, Carrie, Randy on 101 ESPN. Coming up, there's a new Cardinals Magazine out. We're going to talk about the man on the cover with our buddy Stan McNeil of Cardinals Magazine next on 101 ESPN. The smartest
7: way to do your homework is Hackman
9: Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com.
1: You're back to the opening
2: drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. That ball's launched.
4: That one's not coming back. Gorman goes fishing. And he hooked himself on Marlin, baby. It's a seven-run St. Louis night. Third, a two-run homer for the Cardinals
3: it's so cool to get a magazine that you can hold in the mail and i got my new cardinal magazine a couple of days ago when people ask me hey why do you know all this stuff because of the fight and i tell them when i was a kid My mom subscribed to Sports Illustrated, uh, the Sporting News at at that time, St. Louis-based Sporting News, Sport Magazine, Inside Sports, Baseball Digest, Football Digest, and I I had all of these great magazines in my hand, which you just can't find anymore, but the Cardinal Magazine has such great photos. It's printed on such fantastic paper, and I love getting it every time it comes out. Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine joins us now on 101 ESPN, and Nolan Gorman is on the cover of the new Cardinal Magazine. Good morning, Stan. How are you doing?
9: I'm doing well, Randy. Thanks for the uh, the nice words about the magazine. Uh, we work hard on that to uh, to give Cardinals fans uh, content that uh, you know hopefully they don't see anywhere else.
3: And just the the quality of the paper, do you, do you, because you were with the the Sporting News when uh, they switched over to the the more slick paper, but you remember the same things that I'm talking about. And the, what you have right now is a rare product, isn't it?
9: Oh, absolutely. We're definitely uh, old school. I mean, you can get us online. But we're definitely focused on the the print and, uh, you know, it's you just like you say, you just don't see that uh, too much anymore.
5: Stan, Tommy Edmond is still the Cardinals center fielder as Dylan Carlson recovers from, I believe, elbow soreness. But with Tommy Edmond, we've been talking about how well he's done in this new role. With what we saw last night, Donovan and left, Newt Barr and right and Edmond in center field, is that the best defensive alignment right now for the Cardinals or maybe even in the future? (laughs)
9: that's a great question Uh, definitely right now it it looks pretty good I mean I think the outfield defense was huge yesterday uh each one of those guys out there made made a made a a nice play a very good play uh that proved big in that game especially that catch by Tommy so uh you know it's it's interesting I think right now you want to get Lars in there you want to have Nolan Gorman in there you want to have Jordan Walker in the lineup, so there's going to be a little juggling around, and who knows what happens if and when uh, Tyler O'Neill returns.
3: And in addition to that, Stan McNeil, you have a feature on Mason Wynn in the latest Cardinals magazine, and before long, he'll be here to to uh, cause some consternation among the current middle infielders, too.
9: Yeah, you know, the the Mason Wynn story uh, was written by Don Wade who was based in Memphis, and uh, it has a really great uh, lead to that story that shows a lot about a lot about Mason and how what an exciting player he is. You know, this is a kid who grew up in Houston when he was eight years old, was playing in a, a big youth tournament there, and did so well at the after the last day that one of the umpires ran up to him and uh asking for his autograph as he was walking to the wow. car with his mom at eight years old you have the umpire umpire says i've never seen anyone play shortstop so well so uh wow. you hear stuff like that uh, you think let's let i can't wait to see Mason up here
6: stan another person that has been playing extremely well is jordan hicks three days in a row going out there taking the ball and getting the save what have you seen from him and really just his his maturation through this season by itself
9: you know, that, that's been fun to see. And to me, what we're seeing is are two things. You know, one, Jordan has made it clear that he likes being in, that, in the spotlight. He likes to have that pressure on him, and he seems to do well. He seems to thrive under that pressure. So I think that's one thing is that, you know, he feels comfortable in that role. He's excited to be in that role, and he wants to be in that role. And the other thing is he's just throwing strikes more, you know. I mean, uh, when that guy throws strikes, he's uh, as good as anybody and uh, he's just had you know his his issues doing that at times this year but uh when he's on like he has been uh, these past few days man <laughs> i wouldn't want to be in the batter's box mm-hmm. against him
3: hey stan uh, how do you look at a start yesterday by flaherty it was a rough first couple of innings but he did give the cardinals six and a third he did protect the bullpen and the cardinals did win the game so are you focusing on the first two innings or are you focusing on the w
9: I think you got to focus on on the whole thing. You know, the the thing with Jack, and he even uh, talked about this after his last start at home, is that the the key, every manager, every pitching coach will tell you, the key to being a successful pitcher is fastball command, fastball command. And Jack, uh, after his last home start, was saying that he's just had trouble finding his fastball command all season. And I think we saw that again yesterday, especially early in the game. So, uh, to me, that's that's the issue. He's got to somehow find his, uh, be able to command his fastball, you know, and I think then we'll see uh, the Jack clarity that uh, he's capable of being on a consistent basis, not just part of the game, but the entire game.
3: And, Stan, you and I have seen over the years so many pitchers with shoulder injuries, and it's hard to get the fastball command back. Some, those are the toughest injuries, and sometimes it just never returns.
9: You know, Yeah, I mean, we're we're not going to say that with Jack. He's a young man still, but uh, shoulders are a lot trickier than elbows. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's been well established uh, for a long time. And, you know, the one good thing is Jack does seem to be healthy right now. And it is just a matter of kind of finding it. And if he stays healthy, this guy's such a good athlete, he should be able to do that.
5: Jordan Walker has just been so exciting to watch and also he continued to stay hot with his hitting streak now up to 12 games and we talked about it yesterday but there's a very short list of Cardinals greats who were able to have multiple 10 plus hitting streaks in a season under the age of 21 or at the age of 21 and that list includes Rogers Hornsby and Albert So now Jordan Walker as well I think he's in pretty good company what do you think Stan?
7: <laughs>
9: yeah, that's, that's a very good company, and uh, it's so much fun to, to watch this guy hit and play now, you know, and you just, uh, you can't help but thinking like, what's he going to be like when he figures out the league, you know, when he gets gets some experience under his belt? I think Ollie said it well the other day, it's like when he he's slowing the game down now, and you can almost... Watch him do that as we're as we're going day to day, but once he's able to really slow the game down, oh, who knows what this guy's gonna gonna do and And I think we're still or at least I'm still kind of waiting for my for that Jordan Walker moment, you know, when he has that. Big hit at the at the right time, and you just think, yeah, that that's the guy that we're going to see here for a long time.
6: Stan, the Cardinals have won three in a row, but they're still eight games back in the division, thirteen games under five hundred. So I want to ask you, what's more concerning for you? Is it the pitching, the starting pitching, uh, the fielding at times, or right now you got two of your your big five hitters in Gorman and, and Contreras batting one oh seven and one forty three for the month of June, respectively. Which one is the most concerning
9: for you? Can I say all of them? <laughs> no, I, I think, to me, the key is the starting pitching. You know, that's, uh, I think that the offense is st- stacked enough with, with hitters in there that you can, you know, if a couple of guys are, are in slumps or not doing going well, that, that's okay. But, uh, you know, when you're sending out those five starters, you want those guys to be consistent. And to me, that's, uh, that's, that's the key to, to kind of turning this season around.
3: Sam McNeil, the Cardinal Magazine is beautiful. How can people get it?
9: You can get it by uh, going to a Cardinals game and buying it at the ballpark. or The the best way probably is to go online at cardinals.com slash magazine. We've got some good specials going now, going on now, including uh Nolan Arnato Paul Goldschmidt t-shirt with a subscription.
3: Sounds great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Always good to talk baseball with you, Stan, We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. That's Dan McNeil, Cardinals Magazine, and you can learn more at cardinals.com. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. That would be, if you're using your little uh, buttons that uh, have letters on them, 314 399. Yo ho! We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or
1: Leave It. I want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314 399 9646
2: and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. <laughs>
3: For take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Get your text in three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine.
7: Yo ho!
3: All right, kids. We talked about this yesterday. How Jeff Fisher was able to get in touch with the, the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, and have the first quarter of a season wiped out <laughs> when the Rams went one and three, and they actually, you know, well, they they didn't get the first quarter of the season wiped out. No, they just, just did did so there. in their imagination. Uh, but take it or leave it. Ali Marmol needs to commission Commissioner Manfred to play the Nationals every single game. <laughs> oh, oh please. And thank you.
6: Why not? <laughs> Take it. Yeah, what? How about, well, I was going to say the National League East, the Mets and the Nationals so far. Yeah. We've, we've had a pretty good time out there on the East. Yeah. We, we stay out there for still. a little longer. Yeah. Play the Nationals every time. We're golden. Yeah. Not a problem.
5: <laughs> Makes it easy, right? Yeah.
6: So we were talking about Destiny's Child in the break. I don't don't know. And we were talking about members that were no longer in Destiny's Child. Solange is not one of them. Rock. That's uh, Beyonce's little sister. We were talking about Latoya Luckett is the one. Oh, is that
5: who it is? Didn't
6: want to uh, play her part. Take her to leave it. That's a mistake that she's still kicking herself about. Oh, my
5: gosh. I'm going to take that all day, every day, (laughs) because that's what we were talking about. Could you imagine being one of the original members? And they're in the (sighs) music video because it was four at one time. It was two girls that also left. Who was the other one?
6: Uh, Latoya Luckett and Latavia Robertson. Yeah, so
5: they were in the Say My Name music video, and then they got ousted because somebody else wanted to be the Beyonce of the group, and there's only one Beyonce, yeah, as we all know.
6: There's was, a music was, exec who turned down the Beatles. I was telling you oh well, And he had, yeah. with, and he had right. to live with that. Stay was, in your lane. Please. <laughs> yep. I was telling you all about the time I was uh, skating with Destiny's Child when I was a young lad.
5: Take it or leave it. You could have been Mr. Jesse's child. I could take it. Take it, <laughs> Mr. Rowland. One
6: of my friends is still upset with me about that because we were. Yeah, it's it good times.
5: We had That's fun. a cool story. Yeah, we had
6: fun. I'm College. Jealous. They came to perform at Champagne and. Uh, we all went skating afterwards. In front of you still mad at, about this event? Well, so what happened was he was tying his skate up and Michelle was like, who wants to skate? And I was like, oh, well, he's putting mm, his I skate have, on. I had 100% feeling so here. He tells his wife, you know, you're, I, I I, am the reason that, you know, he's not married to Michelle, <laughs> his ex-wife.
5: Oh, of course. Ex-wife. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah, what man. it is.
6: They're not together. Told that story. Told that story once, <laughs> that story once <laughs> many times. Yeah.
5: Take it or leave it. I'm gonna go Cardinals with my angle, guys. Take it or leave it. This is gonna be the outfield moving forward, the one that we saw last night for the Cardinals.
3: I'll take that.
6: I'm gonna leave it because I still think, as well as Tommy Edmond plays in center field, which I mean he's playing really well. I I I really think he's gonna end up back at second base at some point, and you're gonna have you're gonna have Newt Newt. Dylan and Jordan Walker in the outfield and you're going to have Nolan Gorman who isn't hitting particularly well he's got six hits in the month of June mm-hmm. he's batting 107 yeah that's not great no, for it, a DH
3: that's what we call the uh, the DS the designated swinger
6: yeah he's uh. <laughs> well Brooks said he's playing great at second base so maybe he's not able to do both at once defensively yeah uh-huh. he had a great day <laughs> defensively <laughs> he, he just can't hit and field at the same time
5: that's, that's what they thought
3: uh, Jordan Walker couldn't yeah, do yeah clearly
8: yeah hmm.
6: Uh Matthew yeah, would have got him excellent. Worked out for him, didn't
8: it? Uh take it or leave it. The Cardinals would have to play O'Neal to trade O'Neal, and if they play O'Neal, well, then the Cardinals will think,
6: hey, he's back. No. He's leave what it. he's he's what? He's back? Oh. He's got a huh? what, what? he got a bad back, here. How long has that had that? Uh, about a week back. Oh, okay.
5: <laughs> I thought we were gonna get away from it today. Well, wait, wait, I bro- thought bro- bro- today bro- was bro- the day we get you away. Think,
8: from did it. Did you think we were gonna get away from it because Newpar's back?
6: How, how, long no, has he, how, how long did he have that? Yeah, about a week back. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Brooke, Brooke, Brooke is dead for the Brooke rest. Is of the show. This. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill has played his last game as a Cardinal. Last game, oh, I'll oh, leave oh. it. Last, as a
6: true starter, everyday starter, take it. Yep. Then I would, he won't, he won't be an everyday starter yeah. again. I
3: wouldn't be surprised if he's just out for the season and then they just non-tender him. Really? Yep. Just let him walk. Yep.
5: Is the estimate hmm. around August? There's no now? chance
3: that he's back with the Cardinals next year. No chance. No. no. And I don't think he has any value to trade. No. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, a guy that stays injured,
6: it's so. I, 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 part of me feels bad for him though, because he is a guy we've seen the talent that he has when healthy. He can be a top ten MVP MVP yeah. candidate if he's healthy and does everything the right way. It's it's just he can't
3: stay healthy. Right. A few years ago, Colorado. Uh, non-tendered an outfielder named David Dahl who had been hurt all the time and a lot of Cardinal fans, I was one of them, wanted him and he just could never get healthy. Texas signed him and he never got healthy. Colin Schwarber was also DFA'd by the, or not DFA'd, but uh, non-tendered by the Cubbies a few years ago. That's another guy a lot of Cardinal fans wanted for good reason and Schwarber has wound up turning into an absolute stud. So it could go either way for Tyler O'Neill. I just don't think it's going to happen here.
5: I think a change of scenery is needed. It, this it, is a relationship yeah. that has soured over yeah. the years with Toxic. arbitration as well. So, it and being in the clubhouse, just personally, Tyler O'Neill is a great guy mm-hmm. and he has an extremely hard work ethic. Sometimes I think maybe too detrimental with the injuries that Agreed. we've seen. He is a good person. I just think that this situation, the Cardinals, is something that is really. Hasn't gone well over the past few years and changes scenery.
6: Tyler needs a Coach Z in his life. Coach Z was my strength and conditioning coach Mm -hmm. in college. Coach Z made me stop squatting. There you go. Coach Z said, hey. Enough is enough. I was a sophomore. I was lifting with the offensive line. He said, how much more do you think you need to put on there? So, yeah. Right,
3: well, right. What are you going to do? I mean, what are you trying to prove? Uh, uh, okay. Well, and that's the thing. Tyler's yeah, I, dad was I mean, Mr. Universe, right? Or Mr. Yes. Canada or something like he needs that? A, he needs a
6: Coach Z. Don't he
8: needs Mr. Canada. A couple qu- more squats. You could have taken at, down Mario Williams.
6: 650. No, that you was a, taken down Mario Williams. Unless I had longer arms, which I did not. Mm-hmm. If I could have got to him quicker. Was it John Greco <laughs> who had the
3: little alligator arms that card the Rams card? <laughs> oh, yeah. Greco had, oh, Greco had short the arms. Alligator oh, yeah.
5: arms? Yeah. No. Yeah.
3: Poor little fella. <laughs> yeah, offensive lineman, though, for <laughs> the Rams alligator piece. We had a D lineman
6: called T Rex because of that. He called him T Rex. His arms were a
5: yeah, little weesh. A little weesh. No. Wee
8: yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so <laughs>
7: bad. It's the
8: truest thing in the world, unless you're elite, because you know, uh, who, you know no. who had some of the shortest arms in, in, of all NFL tackles ever? Joe yeah. Thomas. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. crazy short arms and it was. It Strong was hands though. Exactly. Take it or leave it. Of all the current world champions, the Golden Knights are most likely to repeat.
3: Okay, so we've oh. got oh, Nuggets, pretty nuggets,
8: good Nuggets, Chiefs, Golden Knights, leave it. and why am I blanking? Uh, uh, why am i blanking on the Astros. World Series.
6: Astros, yeah.
7: Mm.
6: I'm gonna leave it. I would uh, say, yeah, I would say, say Chiefs. Chiefs. And hockey is. When's the last time you had a back-to-back champion?
5: It's been a minute. Penguins. Yeah, Penguins. I, mean, penguins. It's okay, hard. I, I, I just remember because they beat the Predators. Yeah. That's 15, <laughs> 15, Yeah,
3: I'm going to, I'm going uh, to leave the Golden Knights as well. I, I actually think the Nuggets have a better chance to repeat than than Vegas does. Better than the Chiefs. Really? I think the Chiefs probably are the one. I
5: I think the Chiefs have a really good chance. Here's the thing:
3: they they have Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs
5: Nuggets Golden Knights. They have some interesting situations, including what they're going to do if they. I don't even think they have the cap space to re-sign Ivan Barbashev.
3: Right, they don't. Yeah, so good point.
8: Uh, Take it or leave it. There are there are lots of fantastic desserts to indulge in, but a great chewy fresh chocolate chip cookie is still the best go-to dessert.
5: I didn't know where the chewing I, was I, I going for it. I, Did you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you I leave Did you that? send this
6: in, Rock,
8: since you oh.
5: don't
6: send <laughs> I,
1: I enjoy
2: <laughs> Since oh. fruit is not sad. supposed to be hot. Well, yeah, so,
3: get uh, pie out of here. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so oh, man. Oh my
6: <laughs> so
3: I, I am actually going to, if, if, if given the choice, like if I'm at a buffet and you've got brownies and chocolate chip cookies, love the chocolate chip cookie, but I'm taking a brownie ahead of the chocolate chip cookie.
6: And, I, ooh. I, I'm always chocolate chip cookie warmed up. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a piece
3: of carrot cake. ahead of both of them, all of them.
6: I, I might take. I, I may take red velvet or
3: a red piece top. of cheesecake. Strong. Strong. Oh yeah. yeah, chocolate cherry cheesecake. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Guys, I, we all forgot the Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay, Bay Lightning. Lightning. Yeah. We've got they, like a million texts. Tampa
3: isn't. Uh, the Vegas one that's Stanley. Came. Back to back. back to try, back. We're talking
8: about we in St. Louis particularly remember <laughs> that team. There's no reason <laughs> for us to remember that team. Come and on,
5: also, get And also when of you here. put the COVID year in there? It's, like, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. not it's yeah. not even no. a championship. No. It's not real. Lakers. Yeah. Just yeah.
3: kidding. Okay, we got time for one more. If you have one more. Well, he's gonna to have to search. Take it, or,
8: you know what? Well, this is a good one. Take it or leave it. Carrie Davis has the most infectious laugh ever. Oh, I'll take thank you. it. I, Appreciate I, that. I it take personally spells doom for me. <laughs> Carrie's laugh. <laughs> I hear that, and it's like it's like the church <laughs> bells have tolled.
6: It's just like well, something. Okay, here we go. You My time's in your, up. In your in your nightmares, me laughing
3: about oh, yeah, some it's, it's fight questions. Carrie laughs, and I hear boop. Whoop. <laughs> oh no! Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thanks for your text. We do appreciate it. Coming up, have the Cardinals gotten away from the Cardinal way? And is that why they struggled so much? That's next on 101 ESPN. With threats to
1: our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
4: In the air to center. Edmund dives and comes up with a great catch. And that's hammered into right field, and that'll be played on a hop. Streaking around second, heading for third is Dickerson. The throw is going to get him. Great throw from Nukar. This one driven center. Edmund got a great jump, and he makes another sensational catch.
3: The Cardinals have won 11 World Series, and over the years, they have been built when they were successful on pitching and defense. If we go back to the last time the Cardinals won the World Series, 2011, go to Game 1 of that World Series, and look at their defense. Rafael Fercal was a gold-glove-quality shortstop. John Jay was an excellent center fielder. Didn't have a great arm, but he got to every ball. Albert Pujols was a gold-glove-quality first baseman. Matt Holliday was a more-than-serviceable left fielder. Lance Berkman was a gold-glove-quality right fielder. David Fries, serviceable, if not above-average, at third base although he had bad feet at one point that had had trouble getting around with and then yadi behind the plate was in his prime punto at second was gold glove quality and the cardinals just had it especially up the middle and for various reasons this year because of the desire to get bats in the lineup many times because of injuries let's not forget that the cardinals were the gold glove team last year and they had five different gold gloves but this year for whatever reason they've been forced or have chosen to get away from great defense and obviously the pitching has not been what they expected that it would be i think part of that is that they have a first year pitching coach i don't know that dusty blake is going to be what dave duncan was or even what derek lilliquist was but they need to get better performance out of the pitchers that they have which they always did under dave duncan or when whitey herzog had Hub Kittle or mike Rourke as their pitching coach or even lilliquist and the big thing is and i think ali Marmol has recognized this on any given day, the most important thing for this club, especially when they're struggling offensively, is to put his best defensive group on the field, especially up the middle.
5: And he has said that that is a priority. He has said that recently, especially when it comes to the outfield. How much, when we went and talked to the Cardinals when they were in town and we talked to Ali Rahmal, he brought that up specifically about how the outfield, and if you look at it too, they have accounted for a lot of the defensive miscues. And the pitching staff does play a role in this. We've talked about this before too. They're supposed to be a ground ball staff and they're more of a fly ball staff yeah. this year. So you couple that with an outfield that has not been consistent or secure or even defensively great a lot this season and that adds to a lot of misplays. But that also doesn't excuse some of the stuff that we've seen from even a Nolan Arenado as well who mm-hmm. has at times struggled defensively. It seems like in general these guys and that's I think that plays into them pressing all these other different things adding up where you have a lot of guys not playing too we know what their potential is defensively at their position.
6: Do you think that there was a not as much of a premium put on it, feeling that the offense would be a, a juggernaut and you would be able to outscore teams? That that maybe yes. you could you could beat teams in that manner as opposed to yes. not having to pitch in the way that you normally do. They admitted
3: that when they signed Contreras. Yeah, right? like you're you're, you're <laughs>
6: sacrificing a part right. of the game for for a better part for a different part of the game,
3: and not that. I would take the trade back, but they also admitted that when they traded Harrison Bader, mm-hmm. because Harrison Bader is elite. When he is playing and healthy, he's one of the three best defensive center fielders in the game. They don't have one of the three best defensive center fielders in the game now. Dylan Carlson is very good, but he's not Harrison Bader. Uh, Tommy Edmund is very good, but he's not Harrison Bader. When you lose that defense up the middle, and by the way, DeYoung is, and Edmund being in the middle – on the infield was elite both de young gold glove quality edmund gold glove winner so when you had yachty and you had de-, de young and when you had edmund and when you had bader that is as good as it gets up the middle yeah and the cardinals for again various and sundry reasons haven't been able to do that this year and that's been a huge part of their lack of success and the other part of it is is there number one we thought this team was really good athletically and they they do as you brook. Mentioned, Brooke, they let a lot of balls fall in in the outfield, and there's just a lack of fundamental soundness. A lot of times they don't make a play, and it's not an error but it cost you the game. Kerry, you mentioned a couple of Sundays yeah. ago, right? That game where DeYoung made the throw to home play. Yeah. He had the pass ball where Contreras, Contreras had the ball in yep. his glove, right? And then DeYoung makes a bad throw to home. Yep. Neither of them are errors, but both cost you the run and cost exactly. you the
6: game. And then a couple of days uh, prior to that where uh, Nolan Arenado took an extra step, didn't throw the runner out at first base. The next batter gets a double, a base clearing double, and, and they score three runs. Those types of things, that's not an error, but it's just the minor detailed things that are costing this team or that had been costing this team wins and,
3: and runs. And that was the wonder of a Whitey Herzog or a Tony La Russa managed team because they were just so so tied in you know they, they just had everything sealed up and that's why those guys are in the Hall of Fame that's why Herzog and La Russa are Hall of Fame managers because they paid such great attention and great detail to the quote-unquote little things that become big things
5: and this is why for Ollie this is interesting he is very high with Tommy Edmund being the center fielder, center fielder for the Cardinals right now and Tommy Edmond has looked great if you look at that game in particular last night when we're talking about the outfield and how he's kind of putting these pieces together, in that first inning, Lars Newtbar, uh, he was able to um, throw out Corey Dickerson mm-hmm. right from right field, and then in the next inning, Brendan Donovan had an assist from left field, and then a batter later, Tommy Edmond was able to take a hit away, which I helped, obviously there's a lot of damage, helped reduce some of that damage as well. Also, starting Tommy Edmond in center allows the Cardinals to get DeYoung's plus defensive value at short, and Paul DeYoung yeah. is a good shortstop.
3: Yeah, he well, Hannes Weidner. Um, Excuse me, no, I'm so sorry. You're right, but Apologies. he is defensively, that's the thing. is, <laughs> Can he hit? No. But he is very, very valuable defensively. Ultimately, when Mason Wynn gets here, he will not be playing. And hopefully Mason Wynn will provide energy in offense. But for what the Cardinals have right now, I would rather have the defense on the field. I'd rather have... Paul DeYoung playing shortstop, not hitting. By the way, it's not like Edmonds tearing the cover off the ball either. Mm-hmm. So I, I would rather have the defense. One thing about Tommy is Tommy has incredible range in center field. He's getting to balls that Newt Barr wouldn't get to, right. uh, Tyler O'Neill wouldn't get to, I think Carlson Dylan, wouldn't get to. I think
6: Dylan would. I think Dylan Carlson would get to him, but it's it's he, he's playing outstanding in center field. But so I, I don't have an issue with it. When I'm looking at at this team right now. You talked about the all-star break possibly being if you're within five games back, you're going to this team is probably going to be making a trade and, and figuring out who is traded. and I, And I would assume that they are going to go after some type of starting pitching, some form of starting pitching if they want to be good down the stretch, which means somebody on this roster that we really like is not going to be on this roster after the all-star break or after the trade deadline. I don't I don't know who that would be. I don't know if if it's Brendan Donovan because he's the one that's hitting better than than Hans Wagner is. I don't know if if Hannes Wagner's trade um if he's tradable at this moment if if anybody would want him. So now you're looking at who would who would another team want. On this roster that they would be willing to trade a starting pitcher for.
5: My question is, remember Dylan Carlson and some people have brought this up on the text line as well yesterday. Dylan Carlson was the untouchable. Mm-hmm. Is he an untouchable still, you guys believe, for the Cardinals moving forward? As we're talking about, you're evaluating the outfield. You're evaluating this team moving forward in these different pieces. Tommy Edmond, to me, uh... As much as we talk about offensively, how it's hit or miss, Mm -hmm. pun intended, with him and Brennan Donovan, their versatility has completely paid off for the Cardinals. I don't know if you can get rid of those guys. I know that we talked about Tommy Edmond being a potential painful trade when Greg Amsinger was talking about you might have to part with a guy that you really, really like. But at this point, Tommy Edmond has shown his versatility to the point where I put him in the untouchable category.
6: But it boils down to what you want and what a team is willing to take. You yeah. can't. We can't just say, "Oh, we're going to trade Paul DeYoung and whoever." That that's not. You know, we get a lot of texts on the text line saying, "Trade this person, trade that person." Yeah, the other team has to want that person in return mm-hmm. for you to get what you want from them. So, it's it's going to end up being if this team does get within, you know, five to four to five to six games of of the division lead, and they want to make a push in the second half, they're going to have to get rid of someone that. We enjoy watching
3: watch, play, watching playing baseball for this Cardinals team. And just put yourself, when you think, okay, just trade Tyler O'Neal. Put yourself in the shoes of another GM, right? <laughs> put, no, thank just, you. Exactly. If you're another GM, <laughs> you don't want anything to do with that guy. Exactly. Well, so also it's it's, it's got to hurt.
5: The value of Paul DeYoung as well. well is uh, that going to be enough? I don't.
3: It, I think it depends on what shortstop is healthy. And if a shortstop gets hurt, because I thought when the Dodgers, uh, when they lost Gavin Lux, I thought they would be interested I still think that there's a chance that there's going to be a team that, especially with the DH, that hits enough that a good defensive shortstop will, who, by the way, has a playoff pedigree, I think that that will work to the Cardinals' advantage.
6: If you are an opposing team and the Cardinals are have on the table Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmund, or Brendan Donovan, I mean, if you're opposing team, those are probably the, the players that you're looking at that you think you can realistically get. Correct? You don't. Jordan Walker is off the table. Obviously, yeah. Goldie and Arnado are. Maybe you throw Paul DeYoung in there, but I don't know that a, that an opposing team would want Paul DeYoung because it's just so up and down with him. You just don't really know what you're going to get. So it's going to be, and maybe even Newt. I mean, it's it's going to be mm. one of those four players plus Somebody. a prospect and.
3: To get a starting pitcher in return and there are not going to be many starting pitchers out there so the the price will be exorbitant yeah and so you'll have to give you'll have to say okay here's your choice you can have two of these guys
5: and also let's not forget this is definitely that in past years we've talked about how they approach the trade deadline when it comes to picking up starting pitching where you're kind of getting some of these older guys that people aren't high on what's different this year is you have next season to think about you have two guys under contract, Steven Matz, who's in your bullpen, and Miles Michaelis, and Matthew well, Libertor. For me,
3: that's the reason that you would buy. You're buying for next You aren't buying for this year. You're buying for next year.
5: Yes. You have to I'm, think about that. I'm
3: buying for this year, Randy. We won three in a row. Look at us. We are hot.
6: Look at us. We're on the East Coast.
3: Yeah. Oh, well. Just owning the Nationals.
6: <laughs> owning owning them. them. Owning the East Coast? Owning the there East
5: we Coast. Well.
3: There we go. No. Not so much. There's, there's some yeah. other
5: teams oh, out there. Okay. A few other Coming up next on 101 ESPN,
3: we're going to talk to Alexa Datt, our friend from Bally Sports. She will talk some cards with us next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Tommy Edmond, Tommy, eight unanswered runs in a comeback victory. What can you say about the resilience of this team?
5: Yeah, it was awesome today. I mean, today's the kind of game where you get down early and just don't show any quit. Um, and that's probably honestly the the kind of game we lose earlier in the year. But um, we just have been playing well recently, and, and uh, hopefully we can just keep this momentum up.
3: That is Alexa Datt with Tommy Edmund yesterday, Cards and Nationals again, and you'll be able to see and hear Alexa with Chip Carey and Brad Thompson tonight on Bally Sports with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it's great to go to the celebrity line and welcome in our friend Alexa Datt. Good morning, Alexa. How you doing?
0: Good morning, Randy, Carrie, Brooke. How y'all doing? Thanks for having me.
3: Doing wonderful.
5: Good. You're doing great. <laughs> Alexa, what what happened yesterday? We have to start with that. What happened yesterday? Because we were supposed to have you on, but uh, somebody <laughs> led you in a certain area, huh?
0: Brooke, listen. I <laughs> follow Chip Carrie blindly because he is the master navigator. So we started this tradition this year where we go on hot girl walks, and whether... It's a group of us or just a couple of us. Everyone wakes up around 8 or 8.30 in the morning and just explores the city that we're in. We've done it in Pittsburgh and Texas and Cincy. We're doing it in D.C. We're literally on a hot girl walk right now. I'm pausing to talk to you guys. And I, I really appreciate you guys letting me off the hook yesterday because I didn't know where the hot girl walk was going to lead us. And Kip obviously, as a former broadcaster for the Braves, knows the NL East very well. I'm from D.C., but I've never worked at National Park before. So Chip's like, oh, we're just going to go on a hot girl walk. We'll go somewhere cool. And I'm thinking, like, you know, going to walk around the monuments, go check things out. We're at the changing of the guard at Arlington National (laughs) Cemetery, hallowed ground. The sign literally says, please be silent. And I turned to Brad and I'm like, I'm supposed to be on the radio right now. (laughs) And Brad's like, oh, you're in big trouble. You better get somebody on the phone. You better change that because we did not know we were going to end up there. I mean, it was really beautiful. We went to see JFK's memorial as well where they have the lit flame. And I'd never seen the changing of the guard before and I'm from here. I was kind of embarrassed. So the fact that we were able to experience that Uh, was pretty cool, but I sincerely apologize for missing my time yesterday. That was very rude of me.
5: No, it's all fine. And that is is a very, very beautiful thing to go see too. And I'm also going to say that you guys need to come up with Hot Girl Walk t-shirts. I I think that that's necessary for when you're on the Hot Girl Walk.
7: For Brad and that's for Chip. Chip. Yeah, Brad Chip.
5: (laughs) And Ricky Horton, I know he joins in as well. Uh, We're going to need some Hot Girl Walk t-shirts. But Alexa, we're going to get into, obviously right now, with the Cardinals, a big win last night. But in our last segment, we were talking about this team defensively tommy edmund still the cardinal center fielder as dylan carlson recovers from elbow soreness but we've been talking about how well tommy edmund has done in this new role for him with what we saw last night with donovan and left field Newt bar and right and edmund as the center fielder is this really the best defensive outfield for this group moving forward
0: Brooke, we asked ali that last night and he said basically that there are pieces that they can rotate in there, but that he felt really confident about those guys. And the fact that the outfield defense is solidified right now with a piece that you didn't really expect at the beginning of the season, kind of how this Cardinal season is gone, right? And so you're kind of, you know, figuring it out as you go. And when you put somebody who is athletic and has those instincts that a center fielder just naturally has, uh, and it turns out the way that Tommy Edmonds worked out, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, anytime you talk to Ali, he is, so certain that Tommy Edmond is capable of doing that job above and beyond, well, I think what anyone's expectations were, and we had high expectations. It's really nice to hear him confidently talk about the fact that the outfield defense is solidified. And, and think about how important it is in a two-run game, you know, one-run game. The Cardinals have played so many of those this season, and, you know, even last night was a close game. So the fact that you have that outfield defense you can rely on with Lars Neufar back and Tommy Edmond just, I mean, he just reads everything beautifully In center field, Uh, the Cardinals feel good about that.
6: Alexa, Jack Flaherty got off to a rough start to start the game yesterday, but was able to battle back. What did you see from him, and and what helped him calm down to get back on the right track of things?
0: Carry experience at this point. I mean, Jack Flaherty has had outings that, you know, you look at him and you're like, you're the ace of this team, and he's had a couple outings where you're like, are we going to come back from this? And luckily, the ones where he's performed like an ace completely outweigh the outliers. He's had two, I would say, bad starts this season, most recently against the Angels. He had one against the Giants. And you just kind of felt, okay, that's not the Jack we're used to seeing. But the fact that he's able to bounce back from those outings, and even if the fastball command isn't perfect, even if his velocity isn't up where it needs to be, he's got the arsenal to be able to work through it and figure it out. And also the mentality, I think, to be able to overcome when he puts up a crooked number, to come back and then put up zeros. That's something that he's worked through his entire career. And, you know, the fact that he has that confidence in himself, that's something that stands out to the coaching staff more than anything. Pretty impressive.
6: And Alexa, what's the feeling with the ball club after a win like that? Because, I mean, let's be honest, a game like that earlier in the season, that's a game that they probably lose to be able to come back from five down and win that game. How did they feel after that game?
0: Tommy Evans said it in his post game press conference. That was a game we would have lost probably earlier in the season. And he was dead right. That's a situation where something goes wrong, and that unfortunately has been the defining factors for the Cardinals so far this year, whether it's, you know, the starter, gives up runs early and then they can't come back or the bullpen, you know, ends up giving it up or the offense just isn't there. But everything, including the Cardinals defense, which is obviously a signature of this team, was clicking last night. So they were able to get that victory. It was, it was good to see. And also, you know, you kind of felt like when you looked around the clubhouse, everyone goes, well, yeah, that's Cardinals baseball. It's, you know, expected because they play such a high level. But also, it was nice to see it all come together. And I think as they, you know, go forward, they're kind of building off of that to put together, you know, a nice win drink here.
3: Alexa Data Valley Sports with us on 101 ESPN in the opening drive. And Alexa, whenever a guy has a good rookie year, we worry about what's going to happen the, the second year when the league gets a read on him. They pay attention to what he did the previous season and spend the offseason trying to attack him. And I was a little bit concerned early on about Brendan Donovan. But he's gone from a 330 on base in the first month of the season to 358 in May to 389 now he had a 394 last year it looks like donovan uh, has made the adjustments to baseball's adjustments to him
0: i would agree with that and the fact that he's trusted at the top of that lineup is you know a huge indicator in terms of his success and where he's been able to grow and i think also it's interesting too because you saw him hit five home runs in spring and you go wait is he going to start converting you know, his ability at the plate to get on base into power instead, like pivot. And that's not the Brendan Donovan that we're looking for. So the fact that he's figured out a balance, I think, is the most impressive thing. <clears throat> but he ends up seeing a lot of pitches. He's very patient in the box. He, the fact that he's able to calm, you know, his at-bats down and really mentally focused. You know, it's just stuff that's really impressive to this coaching staff. Plus the fact that he can play literally anywhere out on the field, got six gloves. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty awesome, too. Alexa, how did we go
5: from Jordan Hicks not having a save since 2019 to three in a row?
0: Well, you had Ryan Helsley and you had Giovanni Gallegos. So with Helsley Hurt, you have somebody that needs to step up in that situation. And Jordan Hicks has been there before, did it in 2018. Last going three times out was 2019, April 27th to the 29th. And so for him, because he's able to, to reach back and go, well, this is something that I've done before and bring that into the present. Even though it was four years later, it's still extremely impressive. And the guy's got the stuff. What's that confidence with that arsenal? I'm in mean, 104. Tommy N was talking about how he was watching those pitches move from center field, and he was like, it's disgusting. You mm-hmm. know, it was just so fun to see. Um, you, you know, you give the guy the role, and, you know, it's his to lose, And he's taking full advantage of it.
6: Alexa, when I when I watched Jordan Hicks, I said this earlier in the year, he doesn't feel like a middle reliever to me. He doesn't feel like one of those guys. He feels like he's the guy, either a starter or a closer. And that seems to be the mentality that he has. You just said it. It's his job to lose. Do you feel that way, uh, even when Helsley comes back from injuries and, and whether or not Gallegos is performing well?
0: I think it's going to be, you know, based on feel, based on matchup. Same thing that they've been doing all season. Nobody has solidified, you know, that role specifically. That's just not the way the Cardinals have played it this year. But the fact that they do have options they feel good about, I mean, that's pretty incredible. And for Jordan Hicks, the fact that, you know, Ali Marmo last night said that's a guy we can go to war with. He's putting a lot of confidence in Hicks, and he's impressed with what he's seen so far. So, you know, Hicks will get the call when it's his time up, and then, you know, we'll see what happens with Giovanni Gallegos, which will will also get the call because, you know, he's had some bumps in the road, but he's also had an excellent season. And then when Helsley comes back, I mean, you got a lot of weapons in the back end of the bullpen. And that's really important to this Cardinals team.
3: Finally, Alexa, what do you want to see in DC that you haven't seen?
0: You know what? We're about to walk over the key bridge and go check out some of the monuments. I grew up here, so I've seen them all uh, a million times, but I thought the changing of the guard yesterday was really impressive. I hadn't seen that in a really, really long time. So um that was nice to be able to go on our hot girl walk and and explore arlington
6: <laughs> how, how do chip and brad and, and ricky feel about the name hot girl walk
0: oh they embrace it totally. okay all right rick i just pulled wondering. up a list of things that we uh, on tiktok i don't even know how to uh, that he accessed tiktok um, <laughs> pulled up a list of, of rules that we had to follow on our hot girl walk and i said rick Time to put those because we don't see rules on this hot girl walk. This is just a hot
3: girl
7: walk. There are
0: no rules. Okay.
3: Well, have a great time. Tell everybody we said hi. We'll be tuned in tonight. Alex, always good to hear your voice. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Appreciate it.
3: That is Alexa Datt from Bally Sports. She and Chip and Brad will have the call tonight on Bally Sports as the Cardinals go for their fourth in a row against the Washington Natinals. Coming up, we've got the fight. We've got a fighter? We're good. We're good with a fighter, so we've got a fight coming your way on 101 ESPN. Mother's
1: Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight.
4: And in the blue corner, the undisputed... Kings.
6: to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley and it is time for the fight and it's going to be a fight in here between me and Rock. Maybe not. I know who I have my money on. That laugh is never good for me. I know who is going to win. Our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are doing well. Good. Rock wants me to keep a question the same and I want it to change. No, but we're going it do your way. Do your way. Do your, way. Do it your way. way. No, no, we'll do, do it you, your you way. You took the time and effort like to come me. up with these like questions Michelle every said. single day. You it is a it. tough task, and so I will I will concede and allow it to be your way <laughs> and not say anything about it. You ready to Mike? You ready Mike? Let's do it. All right, here we go. In the legendary legendary 2003 NBA draft, four of the five first picks are or will be Hall of Famers. Who is the lowest drafted of the four? Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, or Carmelo Anthony?
5: Carmelo or Bosh. Which Hall of Fame quarterback is famously photo- photographed smoking a cigarette with a soda at his feet in a Super Bowl locker room? Daryl LaMonica? Joe Namath or Lynn Dawson?
9: Lynn Dawson.
6: (laughs) There have been five different wide receiver trios to log 1,000 yards in the same season, the last being the 2008 Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden are the easy answers, but who was the third receiver? Is it Christian Kirk, Bryant Johnson, or Steve Breston?
9: I'll go with Kirk.
5: In the last thirty seasons, only two Cardinals have led the National League in on-base percentage: Albert Pohlholz, and who else? Ray Lankford, Mark McGuire, or Jim Ed- Edmonds?
8: What on-base percentage? Um, I'll go with McGuire. All right, we will
6: double-check that score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. How you feeling, Mike? Uh, average. Average. Okay. Well, that's that's you know that's not bad. Yesterday the guy felt great and he didn't do too well. So, uh, is <laughs> Randy does the face that he did yesterday.
7: <laughs> that Randy, so say
3: hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Doing well, Randy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, Randy, you ready? I'm ready. In the legendary
6: 2003 NBA draft, four of the first five picks are or will be Hall of Famers. Who was the lowest drafted of the four?
3: I believe that was Dwayne Wade at five. It was LeBron, Darko, um, and then was it Carmelo? Um, trying to think of uh, who. Well, I think Wade was number five. But Darko was number two, and he's not going. I thought that was going to be the question. Who's not (coughs) going to the Hall of Fame? I think it's Darko.
5: Which Hall of Fame quarterback is famously photographed smoking a cigarette with a soda at his feet in a Super Bowl locker room?
7: (laughs) (laughs) That's random, Oh, the late,
3: great Lenny Dawson. (laughs) Yeah, epic. It was great.
6: There have been five different wide receiver trios to log 1,000 yards in the same season, the last being the 2008 Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden are the easy answers, but who was the third receiver? 2008
3: Cardinals. Mm Mm-hmm. Um Bolden, Fitzgerald, and I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, so I'll do I'll do the lifeline. Christian Kirk? No.
6: Bryant Johnson or Steve Breston?
3: Bryant Johnson was a first round choice. I think Breston was number fifteen. And he I think on that team. I think he was the other one. I don't think Brian Johnson was ever very good. Although Kurt Warner made everybody a little bit better. But I'm going to go with uh, Steve Breston.
5: In the last 30 seasons, only two Cardinals have led the National League in on-base percentage. Albert Pujols and who else?
3: Albert Pujols. So this is since 1980... 93. 93. Okay. Since 93, two Cardinals. Albert Plus four hundred. I don't know that Donovan last year. No, no. well, I think Goldie did. Right. It, um, we've had so many good hitters, but I'll go with Goldie for fun. <clears throat> this was a close one,
8: a one-question win in a Tuesday, a meh, Tuesday fight. <laughs> we have a winner ring that Bell
1: the winner and still champion of the fight Randy
2: Carriker the fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town why shop anywhere else just win baby Mike Randy got you
8: by just one he beat you 3-2 to in today's fight like I said, average. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than average in baseball. It's all you gotta think about. Uh, in that legendary 2003 NBA draft, four the first five picks are will be Hall of Famers. Randy rattled them off 100% correctly. LeBron James, Darko Milicic, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and then Dwayne Wade, the lowest drafted of those four. Which Hall of Fame quarterback is famously photographed smoking a cigarette with a soda at his feet in Super Bowl locker in the Super Bowl locker room? Well, I mean, Len Dawson had to. He had to work off a loss there to the Green Bay Packers <sighs> in Super Bowl one. So of course it is Len Dawson of the. Kansas City Chiefs five different wide receiver trios to log a thousand yards in the same season the last being the 2008 Cardinals and Quan Bolden Larry Fitzgerald and with 1006 yards Michigan's own Steve Breston was in fact the third wide receiver Randy off the top of your head do you know the first team to ever have three wide thousand yard wide receivers in the same season um, or not right receivers? It just received. It's just, just pass three, catchers. Pass catchers with a thousand years. I'll go
3: with the Air Coriel Chargers. You're 100 correct.
8: Uh, Kellen Winslow, John, 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 John Jefferson, John Jefferson, and um, Charlie Joiner. Charlie uh, <laughs> in the last 30 seasons, only two Cardinals have led the NL in OBP: Albert Pujols and Mark McGuire in 1998. With oh, all yeah, those big walks, man. Big Mac led the NL in OBP. So a three-two win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. Mike, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today.
6: Good job, yeah, Mike. Thanks, yeah. Mike. I wanted to change Christian Kirk to Edron James. I got him. I got him. You got him. the listener. I got him. You would have maybe. I wanted to change the, the, would that have been tougher on you than Christian Kirk? Well, would Christian you? Kirk wasn't even there.
1: He wasn't there.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> clearly. No, I would have, uh, because Kirk wasn't drawn to Edge. Edge uh, was running it, but he wasn't catching it.
6: Well, I, I figured that would be tougher than Christian Kirk for you. And Mr. Matthew, oh, Rock I didn't you. think he was going to take the. Op- he got, he I didn't got, think I was
8: going to take the. He was going to take the options on that one. So uh, that one, that that was a that was a
7: false tell flag I, for tell, the listener. Tell
6: everyone how thrilled you were when Mike got uh, uh, Christian Kirk. I was
7: extremely <laughs> happy. I was because <extreme laughs> on I was, I was Kerry was like, "No, don't use that one," and I'm
6: like, "No, no recency bias. I
8: think I might be able to get him oh on my that, this God. one," and I got him. Sorry, yeah. Mike. I got you though. There you go. Good job,
3: Rock.
4: It was. Thank
3: yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, Mark McGuire on our Channel Two show. We're we're going to. Uh, Repurpose our opening day interview with Big Mac because it's 25 years since he hit the 70 home runs, and wow, it's uh, That's ridiculous. Isn't it crazy? That's unfortunate. And he, old. he, he talk- yeah, yeah, we are. He, but he, he was. He talks during the interview about how he walked so much because he said, when you only see one strike and at bat, if you see that you really have to take advantage of it. And uh, so he walked 162 times. 100 and, uh, he walked a time a game and had an OBP of 470. Unreal. He, he was something. So, And he's he's fun in talking about that and, and reminiscing about that 70 home run season. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our bird watch. Cardinals have won three in a row. You know, uh, we need to get the, it has happened. We, we'll get that ready for you next on 101 ESPN.
1: To the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: All right, the Cardinals took two in a row against the Mets, the last two games of that series. And it was very, very interesting. As the 101 ESPN microphones found their way into the City Field clubhouse Mm. of the Cardinals after the game on Sunday. And this was Ali Marmol.
10: We won a game yesterday. We win one today. That's two in a row. We
3: win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. No. And lo and behold, yeah, it has Ollie, happened. Ollie sounded a little gruff. He did. Uh, <laughs> he
7: probably <laughs> been talking a lot. Okay. It's a rough season. It's, it's it, it wears it, on it, you. still
6: the smoke in, in New York still kind of yeah. yeah. in his lungs. Lo- okay, that yeah. makes sense. It he is. also
5: has started chain smoking with all the stress. <laughs> yeah. So <I> am,
7: uh,
3: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just very impressed by Ollie, you know, because he's he's got the team, you know, he's just standing in that clubhouse just saying, hey, we can win. There you go.
5: That's I, all you need sometimes.
3: I would love to
6: see a chain smoke. Manager, just in the middle of the season, just
7: <laughs> wouldn't that be fun?
5: Ripping,
8: <laughs> ripping rippin What do the Cardinals need right now? They need somebody who's good at, at hitting fungos. And who's the best chain smoking fungo hitter in baseball history? Mr. Ron Washington. Ladies All right, and gentlemen. bring yeah. him on in. Let's yeah. go. There you
3: go. Yep. All right, uh, time for <laughs> a bird watch.
5: They won yesterday. It's, 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 a it's
6: a watch. Yeah, it's not dropping. still so. uh,
3: Brooke, what do you got?
5: My bird watch. Oh, I thought you were going to do another bird. Okay. My bird watch is Nolan Gorman, guys. I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but Mm -hmm. it has not been going so well with Nolan Gorman lately, especially after starting the year so strong offensively. He's definitely dropped off. He failed to reach base last night going 0 for 4, and he is just 3 of 48 in his last 14 games. That's 12 starts with 25 strikeouts since June 4th. I don't know exactly what the answer is to that, but it is a little bit concerning because we have seen him drop off offensively last year, too. Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is to this at this moment. And you just hope that he's able to snap out of this funk. The same thing with Wilson Contreras as well. You just kind of hope that these guys, because you need them to perform offensively like we've seen that they were able to do earlier on this season.
6: Yeah, especially where they're batting at in the lineup. You, I mean, you know, you, you expect your two and five hitters, respectively, or, or wherever they are uh, in the lineup. I know Gorman was down a little bit yesterday, but you, those guys have been in those spots the entire season. And if you want to have a good season if you want to have a good lineup and guys driving in runners you need those two to pick it up. Uh Gorman has been a little bit worse this month than than Contreras has. He's batting 107. Contreras is ripping the cover off at 143. So, you know, they are <laughs> struggling, but hopefully they can figure it out.
3: Yeah, and I think well, based on his off season and it's kind of like what we talked about with Alexa with Brendan Donovan. You have to adjust to their adjustments. That's a big thing for him. And if, if he can do that, then that's why he'll be great if he winds up being great.
6: But we, we've we talked about it, in, and most times hitters have a month where they really struggle, right? Yep. You just hope yeah. it's not towards the end of the year. Normally it's at the beginning or in the middle at some point. Maybe Gorman is just having one of those months right now. And
8: I don't want to minimize it. We kind of threw it out there just as like a, a side thing. Like, oh yeah, but he's still playing good defense. No, no, that's a huge factor. Well, the, yeah. the fact that his offense isn't trickling over to him maybe, you know, being in his head too much while playing the field. That's huge. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget Greg uh, Greg Amsinger last year when we asked him about Nolan Gorman. He goes, well, here's the way you're always going to say about Nolan Gorman's defense. Man, he can hit the ball.
7: <laughs> so that's it's good. great that yeah. when he's
8: not hitting the ball the defense is still actually
6: present. Doing well. Yep. My bird watches Jordan Hicks. We talked about him earlier with Alexa. We've we've spoken about how well he's done. Just the the professionalism that he's shown. Um to be able to battle through Jack Flaherty showed that yesterday in the game but what Jordan Hicks has done this entire season he has he struggled to start the season off and it it didn't look great and there were calls for him to be DFA'd even though he has no options to be DFA'd There, there was no room for him to actually get in games unless the Cardinals were up by a lot or probably down by a lot and the fact that he's now saved three games in a row. His first three saves since 2019. His last four outings, he has not walked a batter. And for me, that's the most important stat that, that Jordan Hicks has. When he doesn't allow runners to get on, you're going to see a dominant performance from him when he doesn't walk that first batter. He's not worried about being so perfect and being so fine in the strike zone. He can go attack the hitters and make sure that they are, um, you know, swinging and missing or, or hitting the ball softly. There was a hit yesterday that barely trickled to the second baseman, but those balls aren't going to be hit hard when he's doing what he does well. So for me, just the the professionalism and the maturity of him to battle through what he struggled through at the beginning of the season. And in my opinion, I, I've said this Really, all season long. I think he's a, a starter or a closer, and I think he's found his role as the closer for this team. If he can continue to shut the door, sometimes people get injured, sometimes people don't perform well, um, and you get your opportunity, and it comes back around. And
3: right now, it's Jordan's opportunity, and I think he's going to hold on to it. There's two things. Number one, you mentioned not walking the first hitter. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing for a guy that throws 102, 103, 104, I was always bewildered that he didn't throw or didn't strike out more guys. Yeah. And he mentioned uh, this morning morning uh, after yesterday's game he took it upon himself to figure out how to strike more guys out and use his stuff. He has closers stuff and now he's applying it and that's Huge. When you're in that situation, you need to strike guys out, and he's doing it.
6: For me, I, and and I was looking this up yesterday, the other day, his percentage of throwing his his uh, changeup uh, is like three point one percent. And the way because he throws the ball so hard, if he added that changeup a little bit more into his rotation, mm-hmm. you might get more swings and misses because you got to be early when the guy is throwing that hard so you can keep keep hitters off balance. Maybe that may be something that he thinks about doing a little bit more, but whatever he's doing, just continue to do it.
3: If he could develop an electric changeup,
1: like an 80-mile-an-hour
3: yes. changeup, can you imagine 104 it, it, and then it, 80? Oh,
6: they would, yeah. be, they would, <laughs> it would It would
1: be ugly
7: yeah.
6: in that
1: batter's box for hitters.
6: All right, here's mine. Hey, have you all noticed that every time we do a bird watch, pretty much every time, there's a, literally a bird that flies yeah, outside the it. window. We're, we're it, they hear it's it. It's not.
8: Am I am I exaggerating? No, no, the other day, I didn't want to say it, but there was literally three birds that were like flying around fighting the entire segment right next to the it's, tree that's right outside our window. And I, I I had to hold back being like, okay, can we just appreciate this for a moment? Every
6: time, pretty much, yeah. say about 85, 90% of the time when we do bird watch, only our bird watch
3: segment do we see birds flying outside <laughs> the window. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is.
7: They want to join on the phone.
3: Marsh is good at these board calls. Uh, I I hate this because I really still believe that Jack Flaherty can be good, but he's just a guy. And yesterday, he allowed the six runs, and he did get the Cardinals into the seventh, which was huge. If he could do that on a more consistent basis, I would like it. The thing is, Jack right now is 34th in the National League in innings per start at 53 the two guys just ahead of him at 5.4 are Max Scherzer and Blake Snell. I think I'd rather have the performance of Scherzer or Snell. But I've reached the point in my ob- observation of Jack Flaherty where if he can just give innings, then I'll j- just take the other numbers. He's a he's a mid-rotation guy. And he's never going to be what he was in the second half of 2019. Probably never going to be what he was in the first couple of months of 2021. He's got... He, Said he's been dealing with a slap tear for his entire career. That's what happened last year with the the shoulder injury. And he said, I've been going with it my whole career. I've been pitching with it. I pitched effectively. Right now, he's four and five with a four point nine five ERA. He struck out eighty in his eighty innings of work, and he's a middle of the rotation guy. He's a number three starter. But Jack Flaherty, if you can give me six and a third every time out. Mm-hmm. I I'm not worried about quality starts anymore. If you can just protect the bullpen and cause the bullpen to only have to give the Cardinals eight outs, I'm pretty happy with it.
5: Yeah, I, I I agree. My question is, what do you do about him moving forward? Do you re-sign him? Is that enough for you to want to re-sign him?
3: Well, not at the price that he'll go for. Because he's because of what he's done in the past, I think teams will look at him and say, wow, he'll he'll exceed the Steven Matz contract. He'll get more than 44 over four. And I don't know if the Cardinals should go there, really. And I, last week, by the way, after his last start, I said they should. But the, the thing that alarms me is, number one, and this might be a coaching thing. A lot of Cardinals starting pitchers get off to bad starts. That might be a Dusty Blake issue, right? But the other part of it with Jack is that we see the fluctuations in velocity. And he used to, In 2021, even with the or 19 rather in 21, even with the slap tear, he was regularly at 96, 97. Now I don't understand the art of pitching, but I will tell (laughs) you this: (laughs) if you've thrown 96, 97 and you are dominant, and you have the ability to throw 96-97, then you do. It's not the art of pitching to throw 89-90-91 when you can throw 96-97. So I'm going to go more with injury rather than art. He Mm. does
5: not like that question either with Velo. He does not like that being brought up as well at all.
3: Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, I still like him as a pitcher. I just don't think that he's that number 1, number 1 that I thought he was going to be, and it's kind of sad.
5: And it seems like that's another thing that they looked at when they were approaching the starting pitching ma- market this offseason, is that they really put their eggs in the basket of Jack Flaherty being a top-of-the-rotation guy.
3: Well, Zaloc said he was more confident about him than ever.
5: Yes, he and did.
3: And he should not have been. Oh, mm. oh okay. No oh, yeah, I mean oh, I, that, the numbers out. That down yeah <laughs> four four and five with a four point nine five I, uh, I, well, maybe that no they weren't confident in that that's a, that's not what they were looking for. They were looking for a guy that was a horse, and unfortunately, physically, and the, also the cardinals philosophy is to not allow him to be a horse anymore, but heck, I was surprised he was still in the game after the second inning, so credit to the Cardinals and yeah. Ollie for keeping him in there. What I else were you going to do? <laughs> yeah, you weren't throwing uh, Jordan Nix at that point. No. Uh, that is your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our rush hour reset, a win for the Cardinals, and some interesting things happening this morning. I'll tell you about them next
2: on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
8: find out a lot about a a couple different guys, the way that starts. I'm always interested to see how someone responds when things aren't going well. Jack goes out there, gives up five,
0: and um, locks it in, starts executing a lot better as the game went on, and gave us a shot.
4: Got him inside corner, perfectly placed. Back to a 5-2 score. He's got to have a shutdown inning. That's a good way to start. He freezes Manessas with strike three. Strike three, went right after him. Swing and a miss. He chased one neck high. Thank you very much. Fifth strikeout. One away.
3: Jack Flaherty going six and a third in the Cardinals' 8-6 win over the Nationals yesterday. The Cardinals got big home runs from Donnie Baseball. He tied the game at 5-5, and then Goldie put the Cardinals ahead. With another blast that made it six to five, and the Cardinals win it by a score of eight to six. Flaherty goes six and a third, and Jordan Hicks finished up six of Hicks's fifteen pitches, eclipsed 102 miles an hour, including a 104.3 mile an hour sinker to Lane Thomas in the game's final at bat, and marked the fifth hardest pitch in the majors this season, behind only four fastballs from twins closer. Johan Duran. So uh, Hicks is back to being his 104.3-mile-an-hour self. That's what we expect from him.
6: How, I, I was going to ask you all, how surprising was it that Jack Flaherty was able to make it to six and a third after that first inning, that first couple of innings, the way he gave up those runs and only have 99 pitches? How how do you give up 10 hits and still only have 99
3: yeah, pitches? and strike out six and six. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's filling up the strike zone. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. the, the thing is, I guess— Ali knew they were going against the Nationals, he, and there's a chance, a chance. here yeah. if we can get back in the game, so you, you, you keep them in there. And you just you don't want to burn up your bullpen, even though the Cardinals have a couple of days off. They're off Thursday and Friday, but you've already utilized the bullpen a lot during the course of the weekend, and you've got two more games left that should conceivably be winnable games. So you... Even if you think you're going to lose, you say, OK, well, I'll just, I'm down 5 nothing in the second. Let me get as much out of Flaherty as I can.
5: See what you can do. And especially when the hitters have been hot lately, you hope that they're able to do what they did yesterday. It is very weird. And I don't know if it would be the weirdest pitching philosophy. So I don't even know if this is a pitching philosophy. The Cardinals starters have allowed at least one run in the first inning in each of their last six games. That's a weird trend. And, and there's no way that's pitching philosophy, though, right?
3: Well, it could be game planning, though. It's uh, They they should be... It's like any team. We want to get off to a fast start. Any sport. The Blues... How, how often did we talk about the Blues not getting off to a fast start? Yeah. It happens in the NFL all the time. College football. And maybe it's a matter of, okay, you need to, to be... And it could be just a matter of pregame preparation, warming up. But you need to go out there with your best stuff and give us a chance to get an early lead because pitchers always talk about how it's easier to pitch with the lead than it is to pitch from behind. Mm-hmm. When you're behind, you kind of have a tendency to nibble and you're trying to be within the strike zone around the corners and you're throwing balls. You're ahead, you say, here, just hit it. And I've got the lead, you hit a, a solo homer, I've, I've got a 2 nothing lead, so you hit it and I'll take my chances with my defense. I, I would say that that's probably a philosophical issue, getting off to fast starts for the pitchers that the Cardinals need to address.
5: And how they're approaching the game yeah. as well. I mean, that that has to be a big part of it. And you have to give credit to, do we need to give credit here to Paul DeYoung. He was the one that really Who? started Paul DeYoung. Who? Oh, oh, okay. Your boy. Hans Wagner. Wagner. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your boy. Your uh, boy. The fact that he was able to get those rallies started in the third inning— and then also in the fifth inning as well. That's that's pretty good for Paul DeYoung. It
3: is, and
5: the bottom of the yeah. order was very important to that game and them and their ability to really rally back. And we've been hammering the Cardinals, rightfully so, because things are not great. But I'm going to give them credit for this game. In this game, I get that it's the Nationals, but at the same time, there was three things that were displayed that were at least encouraging for me in that game: their power and how they were able to utilize that. Capitalizing with runners in scoring position. They were 5-for-8 with runners in scoring position. And their ability to come back. And I'm putting Jack Flaherty in that category as well. Brendan Donovan, what he was able to manufacture to tie the game, and then Paul Goldschmidt with a homer, the go-ahead homer, right afterwards. The fact that they were able to do that is huge. And I'm going to put Jordan Hicks in that category as well of the ability to come back. The fact that he was able to come back in that game, third day in a row, That was huge for the cardinals yeah and
3: by the way the bullpen throughout was excellent the cardinal bullpen yesterday after flaherty leaves cabrera comes in two-thirds of an inning completely clean gallegos with a clean inning and then obviously hicksy with that clean inning he did allow a hit but he struck one out and the bullpen did what they needed to do and hopefully the cardinals will be able to get jordan montgomery to deliver the same sort of start tonight i'm guessing that the cardinals aren't going to have jordan hicks available I would assume so. I,
5: Why not? Just throw four it out Four games there. in a row. I, yeah.
6: I said it earlier. Hopefully they don't need to have a closer. Hopefully they don't have a, a game where a save is needed and he can get a night off. And, you know, maybe
3: get a couple of nights off and then you have those back-to-back days before you head to London. Yep. Six o'clock game tonight on Bally. Guys, an interesting story coming out of the West Coast. It looks like Colorado wants to move back to the Big 12. They were in the Big 12, moved to the Pac-12, and now they're taking a look at the financial implications of being in the Pac-12 versus the Big 12. Well, San Diego State asked the Mountain West if they could leave to join the Pac-12. It's pretty all much already been established that San Diego State would replace Colorado if Colorado leaves, which would be, I, I wonder if Coach Prime would be excited about a move to the, the Big 12. But the Mountain West conference said they will not allow san diego state to move at this time so we might have a, a real timing issue with one team trying to move from one conference to another san diego state had requested a one month extension given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control and the mountain west basically says to heck with you yeah uh, it's the the Landscape of college football and, and
6: how teams have shifted and moved has been so – I've always liked the historic matchups, the the rivalries that come with certain conferences. And, and I didn't like when when Mizzou left the, the Big 12 and Maryland came to the Big 10. Like It just didn't feel right, but now that they're there – Colorado probably wants to leave the Pac-12 because you know who else is leaving the two main teams yep, right. from the Pac-12 are going to the Big 10 in, in USC and UCLA. What else is there? I mean, you you I, you got Oregon, but yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of, of of it's the strength of schedule really, you know, goes down once UCLA if
3: UCLA and USC are not gone. Not for football. No.
6: I mean, Oregon would be maybe Stanford, but it's not it,
3: Sanford's done yeah yeah,
6: yeah. It, it's not it hasn't been the same so once UCLA and USC get out of there I can understand why Colorado was saying hey w- us next let yeah. us go back to the Big 12 and, and compete against the Oklahoma well, the Texas though you get, the, you well, get, you at least get too, Baylor,
3: you get Baylor yeah. Tech
6: uh TCU Texas yeah Texas and, and Oklahoma are leaving as well so yeah. they, that's still going to be, gonna be weird yeah.
5: that's going to be weird to get used to seeing that on the schedule when they release that for the 2024 yeah. schedule, seeing that in the SEC I'm like I don't this is going to feel really hard to get used to I mean it makes sense in a lot of ways but do you think with this realignment that you're talking about too that this will mean the end or close to the end for the Pac-12 or even some other conferences It's a
3: great question I don't think they're going to make a lot of money but they still have Washington is a good athletic program generally. Stanford beyond football is a really good athletic yeah. program. So the thing that killed Stanford is nobody can get into the school. They get into the transfer portal and no kids can Listen, get into the school. It is tough. yeah, Even for high
6: school kids. You have it's, I mean it's almost it it essentially is an Ivy League. It's the yeah. same
3: type of right. requirements for their kids to get into into Stanford. Yeah. But Arizona football should be better. Arizona State football yeah. should be better and some at some point those teams, kinda like Mizzou, kinda like Illinois, they're gonna have to make that all in commitment like Oregon did yeah. to being great at football. Yep.
5: That's what Vandy has to advertise is you get the degree and play in the SEC, but there's there's something that goes first. It's very hard to get in there. Recruiting wise, that's a very difficult yeah, right. SEC school to bring in, and you see, yeah, fans oh, no, no, the as well.
3: yeah. from from the fan standpoint of a fan of Mizzou, thank God, Vandy's in the conference. <laughs> 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 yeah, Matthew Rocky is a grad; <laughs> he's given us society same. I've watched them
8: lose <laughs> to Vandy at Vandy in the rain while scoring like twelve. points. Oh, like, that's worse! While scoring like twelve points, <laughs> not all gold shines. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not all it's not always great. <laughs> I don't the like the stadium
5: though. either. It, it's like a concrete. They're in the SEC. It's actually, you know what? I actually think it's a, it's a, it's got a
8: solid, you know it's got a good facade. It's got a good viewing point. I don't I don't have a problem with it. Well, I think it's think also classic
5: College Stadium. Easy easy pickings for the seats, as they say, because I, not many fans it's go. Yeah. Great.
8: Honestly, it, this this matters. It's a great tailgate setup, though. It like is. All the lots are right there. It's a fantastic tailgating people. setup. You just, yeah, you need a program in people.
5: and people. Baseball, like baseball nine, is great, obviously. But there's
8: like nine places to get Nashville hot chicken within walking distance, <laughs> and that's a big pro. <laughs> that's,
3: that's impressive. True.
8: I'm just saying. There, there was, was a, a game.
3: Uh, Zach Stacy had oh, something God. like Remember that Zach Stacy game? Uh, he, he went bananas he had like yeah. 38 carries for 73 yards he, he's gone bananas
7: uh, i was gonna say I don't, too. I don't think we yeah i didn't
3: want to say think we want to talk about <laughs> yeah. it it's but like, no just uh, he actually had a really good game against uh the university of missouri but uh and i think didn't i think bandy might have beat missouri uh in at mizzou if not it was a really close game so oh yeah. I'm, I'm looking the wrong way it here. has I think happened yeah oh. we don't we don't we don't oh Okay. uh, That is your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Klaibs joins us from D.C. on 101 ESPN. You're back
1: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: That one hit a mile high toward right. Marte going back, dead sprint. Look at that ball carry. That ball is gone. Walker goes the other way. Driven by Walker, hard to right, Marte going back, track, backing up to the wall, it's going to be gone, Walker another opposite field homer, and that was easy, a face hit right back where it came from, first hit of the day for the Cardinals designated hitter, and he's got a 12-gamer.
3: Jordan Walker is hot. Chip Carey had the call on Valley Sports. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Carey Davis, Randy Carricker, and we go to the Celebrity Line and our friend Mike Claiborne of Claibsonline.com. You hear him on Cardinal Broadcasts on KMOX and the Cardinal Network joins us. Morning, Claibs. How's it going?
10: I am doing extremely well. Um, we're starting to play like the Cardinals I saw in spring training. Hmm.
3: And that's a good thing. Before we get to the Cardinals, though, we had Alexa Dad on the show earlier, and we've had Chip on the show, and BT joined us from a walk. Have you gone on a walk with, I guess they're led by Chip Carey, who's kind of like your social the
7: director there. Walk.
10: The hot girls walk? <laughs> yeah, <there>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you do it? <laughs> you know what? I've heard about it, thought about it. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be true. <laughs> it's not your thing? Uh so, you know what, they, they take these walks, and I like walking, don't get me wrong, uh, but, you know, my walking consists of walking through a mall and a shopping center and, you know, some 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 sort of positive result, you know, uh, compared to just walking, you know, for just reasons that, you know, you, you see monuments and stuff, like and that's cool, don't get me wrong, but when I'm walking, I'm, like, looking, looking for something. You or know, you, or like you better have dude. your dog with you, right? There you go. There you go. So I admire what they do. And eventually, I'm going to show up one morning ready to go. We can shot them completely. But uh, now they're religious about it. So, you know, when they're walking, I'm normally in the gym working out or in the room doing some stretching or something like that. Because, you know, in this business, you can't stay tied up and locked up in your room all day. You got to get out and do something. And, you know, we go to great cities that, that have a lot of things you can check out. And, yeah, I think Washington is, is the coolest one because there's so much history here. You know, there's museums and there's, you know, halls of fame and things of that nature that you can go check out. And, and I try and always go to at least one new place. So the other day I went to the spa museum. And it's amazing the things that, that you know, people think up in order to be able to, you know, surveil people and do things of that nature. But So that that was my most recent visit.
3: That's fantastic. Uh, Claves to baseball. We heard the highlights from Jordan Walker. One of the most enjoyable aspects <clears throat> of sports is seeing a young person come into his own as a professional athlete. It sure looks like Jordan Walker is kind of figuring things out at the big league level.
10: Yeah, he really is. And you know what, Randy, I think uh, one of the keys was when he came out and said, I'm going to do what I know I can do and all the statistics and the analytics that you present me on, you know, balls on the ground, let me try and do what I'm capable of doing and I'll try and adjust accordingly. And And they've left him alone, although I won't say they totally left him alone. Once he said that, Turner Ward and Brandon Allen really kind of bought into what he was trying to do, and they've really helped him dramatically uh, along with Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, they don't want to give him too much to, to try and break down but just enough to make sure that he's on the same path that, you know, he needs to be on in order to be successful. And it's working so far.
5: Clave, speaking of Jordan Walker, Ollie Marmol has talked about how he's really wanted to figure things out defensively in the outfield specifically. How do you feel about the group that we saw last night moving forward with Tommy Edmond as your center fielder? And what will this mean for Dylan Carlson? Obviously, Ollie saying that he was out of the game as he's recovering from elbow soreness.
10: Well, you know, it's a good question, Brooke, because you really have a four-player four, four player rotation now. And I think because of the designated hitter, you can sit one of those guys and give a, that guy a day off. And, you know, maybe there's a, a pitcher that he doesn't succeed well against. There, there's a lot of different rotations you can have amongst the four. Um, I, I think you'll see Walker DH at least two days a week, maybe three, um, because, you know, his bat's more important than his glove right now. And because he's swinging the bat well and the fact he's trying to learn a big league job on a level that, you know, it's it's a challenge. I mean, you know, you, you never seen the outfield before last year. And I think it was August when they made the switch, you know, and so you're trying to learn at this level. And we, he and I were talking the other day. And so he just said to me, he said, what do you think? I said, I think you got to breathe. I said, I think you got to breathe and, and not let this overwhelm you. Take it as you can but don't try and chase it. And so I, I think he understood what I was saying, and I think he's open to suggestions. So my thing is this. I think he's a guy that you may suggest maybe fall ball, winter league would be something you can do. And I think it's incumbent upon in in the Cardinals to have a, a outfield <clears throat> guru It may not be Willie McGee, but somebody on that plane that can be with him and work with him on a daily basis just to talk through what outfield is like. And, you know, the unfortunate thing about it is it's too bad John Jay's with the uh, Miami Marlins because he would have been perfect. Hmm. But I think that's the next step for him to be able to have someone who he can – work with, you know, that's played the game. I'm not talking about a guy who was a good coach somewhere. I'm talking about a guy who's actually played in the big leagues that maybe went through some of the steps he went through because he's a very smart guy. He 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 picks up things very quickly.
6: Cleves, another Jordan that is performing well is Jordan Hicks. He's uh, got three saves in a row, three days in a row, uh, has zero walks in his last four outings. What are you seeing from him uh, in these last couple of games?
10: Well, I can tell you confidence is one of them. Uh, testicles is another, and I think I think maturity is the third. Uh, you know, he and so he and I had a talk. Gosh, this had to be about a week ago, and he and Ollie had had a really good visit, and they turned out just talked about. The game, but just talked about life and where he's at. You got to remember something, Kerry. When he came into the big leagues, he was 20 years old, mm. didn't know anything, okay? Didn't know how to dress, didn't know how to eat, didn't know how to travel, didn't know, basically didn't know how to pitch. He he was a thrower. So now he's kind of turned that corner. And so uh, yesterday I said, You good to go? And he just kind of looked at me and said, If it's in a knife, I want it. Now think about this. He's the first Cardinal closer. Since someone oh who's pitched three days in a row, hmm. and most people are saying, "Well, who's someone oh? Yeah, well, he wasn't around very long, but it's I think it's 2019. So for him to want the ball now, I told him last night. I saw him in the hotel. I said, "All right, you know what? Tomorrow, <laughs> you take the day off. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We we got it." And so he said, well, who's going? I said, I don't know, but you shouldn't worry about it. This is a day when you put your tennis shoes on. You don't even go out to the bullpen. But he had been terrific. But I think, Kerry, he's just matured. Uh, And I think he understands this is a a crowning moment in his career. He's unrestricted after this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he's also sending a message to the rest of the team that, hey, I got this. And, you know, when you have a guy who wants it, because we had a guy in, in uh, Bednar in Pittsburgh, their closer beat us three days in a row. So it, it's it's something that can be done. He just hasn't had a chance to do it. And I think the next step is what happens when he when he gives it up? How does he respond the day after? So it's a work in progress. But, man, you know what? When you have a hammer like that, everybody else on the team feels like, man, if we can get this to the ninth inning, we're going to be okay. Claves, what's going on at Claves Online? Oh, doctor. Well, you know, we have the good, the good Nightingale. That Bob Nightingale visits with us every week. Uh, Nick Ragone talks about, and uh, you got to listen to him. We, we just finished that up earlier today, talking about the U.S. Open and what that was all about and what's next, along with the Ascension Charity Classic that's coming up in September. And uh, we will have uh, lunch with Claves and Joe. Dr. Rick Lehman has a couple of interesting thoughts about some professional sports issues that are going on with regard to health. And let's see, what else do we have? We're going to start some hockey draft coverage here in the very near future with Jamal Mayer. So we got that working for us as well. So a lot of good stuff going on ClaysOnline.com. ClavesOnline.com. We just invite everybody to check it out, and I'm sure there'll be something that you'll like. And by Along the- with the NBA draft. The draft oh, is yeah. coming up this week. Yeah. yeah, we got to talk about that. with Rock and Rammer.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Hey, how about Ryan Ludwig as a guy to uh, help with outfield defense? Ryan Ludwig turned himself into a pretty good outfielder in his Cardinal career.
10: Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. That's the person I'm thinking about. So here's two people we need to bring in to have more involvement. Ryan Ludwig is already in the organization. Mm-hmm. We don't have a catching coordinator, okay, within the organization. And one of our top prospects is a catcher, Yvonne Her- uh, Herrera. Uh, what's wrong with Gary Bennett? Perfect. Great call. So, you know, that's – so Ricky Horton and I were talking about this the other day, and we've kind of floated it out there. That, you know, GB can come in and, and work with guys and, you know, just get them on the right path because I think that's something – you know, a lot of teams have them. We don't. Cardinals don't have They have Jose O'Kendo, They have Ryan Ludwig working with guys. But I think that Gary Bennett would be terrific, considering his experience as a backup guy and understanding how the game works from a technical standpoint. And if you've ever heard GB talk, you know he can explain things as well as anybody. So that that's our next Mission Impossible.
3: All right, claims have a great time in D.C. and then have a great time in London. I know you're looking forward to
10: that. Jolly good. I'm already. <laughs> I, I, There'll be one thing. There'll be one thing about London. I would be the best-dressed American on British soil. There you oh, they oh yeah. I agree. They Thank- want to keep me. They want to keep me. Thanks for representing. So good. Now, I'm breaking out with some stuff that they be like, holy shoot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Claybs, have a great time, and we'll talk to you later. All right. You guys take care, for sure. That's the great Mike Claiborne joining us on 101 ESPN. Check out Claibsonline.com. Always good to have Michael with us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, so, do the Cardinals really need a specific teacher for Jordan Walker? We're going to talk about that and whether or not that person should be on the major league staff every day. That's next on one one ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on one Oh one ESPN presented by Dobbs tire and auto centers.
3: Claymore talked about how Jordan Walker would be well served to have somebody on the staff that has played the game and can work with him on his outfield play because it has left something, well, a lot to be desired. Kerry, in the NFL, in college football, high school football, you're running back, you have a running backs coach. Yep. How much of a difference? Let's start with this part of it. Clay said it would be important to have somebody that has played the game at the major league level for Jordan Walker. How important do you think that is? Well, I think it helps. I mean, there are
6: things. It it really depends on the person. I had a running back coach in Kirby Wilson who didn't play running back in the NFL but had coached a ton of running backs to great success. Edron James, um, Curtis Martin. He coached a lot of guys that had success in the NFL. And the one thing that Kirby would tell you is, you know, when you're on the field, whatever decision you make is the correct decision. If I see something different and you tell me it was differently than than what what I saw, I'm gonna trust your your view because you're there. But when I watch this film, <laughs> your butt better be correct in what you said. So he kind of gave you that leeway. And I think it's it's dependent upon the person that is coaching you, that is helping you understand the game in a different way or, or, or a better way to make the game slow down and make the game easier for you. Curb taught us about reading the safeties. And if you read the safeties, it'll teach you where the blitz is coming from. It it slowed the game down tremendously for me. So I'm sure that certain players or certain coaches can teach how to break on a ball, how to see the ball coming off the bat, which angle to take, and how to make sure you get to the ball in the right time so that you can make that play and not just missing it uh, and the ball going to the wall for a triple. So mm-hmm. those are the, the minor details that can be taught. And if you're willing to learn, you can, be, you can become really good at it.
5: Willie McGee specifically is working with these guys right now. Tommy Edmond has mentioned that as well, that his work with Willie McGee has helped him a lot because this is his first time in the outfield, especially uh, it's for his an first extended time. period. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for an extended period of time. And Willie McGee seems to be working with Jordan Walker as well. Maybe you bring in somebody else. I, I thought John Jay was very interesting that he mm-hmm. brought up that name. Somebody just texted in Jim Edmonds as well. That's another name.
3: Yeah. I. I... I think that he's a great teacher. I I think that Jim Edmonds is somebody who just understands the game. And if you can, if you're the Cardinals and you desire to have that Cardinal Hall of Famer, Teaching your players, I think Jim Edmonds would be fantastic. That was the first name I thought of.
6: If you can get past, I mean, people get so enamored with the quirks and the Jim Edmondsms, but he really does understand the game of baseball, both hitting and fielding. Yeah. And watching him play, you could you could see that. And when he's breaking down the game and he's talking about outfielders and how deep they're playing as opposed to where they should be playing, or just different things, different small detailed nuances about the outfield, he really can help you understand it. And I'm sure he would be great for a young player
3: for outfielders this year, Kyle Schwarber in the all important defensive run saves metric at Fangraphs. He's the worst at minus 16. Asturi Ruiz of Oakland is at minus 13. Victor Robles of Washington is at minus 11. And then a group at minus nine defensive run saved. And Jordan Walker is in that group as the fourth worst defensive outfielder in baseball, according to the defensive run saved metric. Now, here's another thing, and Brooke, you mentioned within the last couple of days, how Yachty during spring training would always have all the young catchers with him. And I thought that was an interesting point that Mike made that the Cardinals don't really have a catching coordinator and it used to be Yachty. It really did. It really did. And now they don't have that guy to help young catchers along either.
5: Yeah. So you are trying to figure out Willie McGee working with the outfielders. And I thought that was interesting that Claves thinks that maybe there is another person that you should bring in as well and look more eyes on anything helps especially with connecting with certain players younger players Mm -hmm. too with the catching situation it feels like maybe they would they should have or we've we've talked about that a lot they maybe should have brought somebody in to help Wilson Contreras, as Joe Madden had mentioned before. Somebody there to help Wilson Contreras with this situation and helping him feel more confident in his role as an everyday catcher, which you was what you brought him in for. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and I think Bethany's not doing anything. And he was the um, Cardinals' catching coordinator. He's
5: in Arkansas. I think he's away from baseball. Yeah, yeah but you know what.
3: He can catch, and he knows the position. A lot of what Yachty became was because of his ability to spend time with Mike Matheny.
5: It was really special to see in spring training, Yachty would— Round up all the guys and he was the one leading the charge for every little thing for so many years you haven't needed that Mm -hmm. yeah right whatsoever yeah
3: and the Cardinals had that long history Dave Ricketts was with the organization for 40 50 years so you always had that catching instructor and you always not always but for the most part have had people that could teach the position Joe Torrey was your manager Tom Pagnazzi was great Uh, George Kissel knew how to teach catching it was just an exquisite teacher of the sport. So for the Cardinals to not have anybody right now and as Claves mentioned you've got a 23-year-old kid with a 1000 OPS at Memphis in Ivan Herrera, there should be some leadership there. Well,
6: I, and speaking of that, is that a we, we talked about it earlier. I know we this is a different segment, but if you got a catcher that is performing that well, you got a catcher that is here that is going to be here, is that part of the trade option as well? No, I I mean, where is he going to fit in it? Where is he, I mean...
3: Well, I think ultimately that that Contreras signing was made with maybe a longer-term goal than they thought of him being a DH. Tell that to him. Yeah, but... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. But we talked earlier about the Cardinals getting away from the Cardinal way. If you want to have your best defense up the middle, then you need to turn Ivan Herrera in. They thought he was going to be like Yachty. And so you need to turn him into what you thought that he could be. And don't worry about the other stuff. It has to go back to that, okay, everything else being equal. Everybody's making league average of, what, $4.7 million. You take the best guys. Yeah, but they
6: not, they're not. No, and but, that's, the, yeah, that's right. the problem. And that's the
3: problem with the Cardinals. Yeah. That's a Cardinal problem, not a, yeah. not a Herrera or Contreras problem. Car- the Cardinals have to play exactly. the guys that give them the best chance to win every day.
5: I don't even think you can part with Andrew Kisner either because of – the relationship he has with the pitching staff. Right. And he's
3: staff. the best cheerleader. No, oh, Randy. <laughs> he <is>. I'm saying <laughs> he knows more it. than that. Yeah. He knows Andrew it.
5: Kisner, I it seems like the pitching staff yeah. is very confident in him and he worked directly with Yadier Molina for so long.
3: There is no doubt in my mind, Brooke, that you are hundred percent right there. And if we go and look and I know this is kind of an unfair comparison, but the catcher's ERA, and I'll grab it here, but Kisner's catcher's ERA is way better than Contreras. And I think we're at a point now where it's not a coincidence. By the way, same thing happened with Chicago, where Contreras's catcher's ERA was significantly below the other catcher's earned run averages. It was. So we love the guy, but the reason that there was only one team that bid on him and that he didn't get traded at the deadline last year was because people questioned his ability as a game manager. Yeah. And he has done nothing, at least statistically, to show he's different than what the Cardinals saw and saw. Well, maybe what the Cubs saw and didn't sign. I feel like that
6: just based on what they have on this roster, you're going to have to deal with, you know, some. Some of the inability to play that position at the high level that you want to. It's going to be either a catcher, which you know they don't feel or hadn't felt that he was playing the position to their uh, wants or needs at that moment. And and in left field, Jordan Walker is going to play. I understand yeah. just based on how it's going to work out. If Nolan Gorman is hitting, if Brendan Donovan is hitting, you got a lot of guys that are hitting and can field. Somebody's going to be out in the field that you feel like may not be a stellar fielder at that point, but because of his bat, he has to play.
3: He, he's he got to be yeah. in the lineup. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. We're going to head down the stretch here with Rock and Roll. But you need to know this, that we are going to be at Big League Impact's Cardinals in London watch party on Saturday at Patio's. Redbirds headed to London to take on the Cubs. And you can watch the game Saturday afternoon at Patio's with the opening drive. Enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring trivia and games and your chance at autograph memorabilia and more, all hosted by... Brooke and Carrie and me and Matthew. Proceeds will benefit Big League Impact. Get more details on Big League Impact's Cardinals in London. Watch party now at 101ESPN.com. And we have a question. And I will say that when it comes down to just brass tacks, those are all
8: great, great things. But here's the thing. These two tickets include a food buffet for both the people. You get two drink tickets per person. And the big thing, because it is at Patio's, complimentary parking Ooh. right next to patios right So, i mean that's the big thing when it comes to so you parking do we even food, get that yeah, that's your a drinks very are all covered question. i have no idea about you guys that's not my job i
5: better have access to the buffet cuz you sold me on buffet uh, no even? no
8: i'm saying the people who win the tickets get the buffet yeah, sorry well, Brooke. but, but do, I, to, do we uh, get the uh, we, buffet I, I, I don't control Rick. the plates nor am we're, i going to be security at the buffet uh, i get it though I, i'm pretty sure okay good. Uh, anyhow the sneak question here's what you need to know we've heard it mentioned twice today on the show by our different uh Cardinals, analysts, hosts, and broadcasters. Chip Carey is the logistics officer, I guess, on the broadcasting team. He's the social director. The social yeah. director. There you go. Like that.
5: Social director.
8: <laughs> what have they begun calling their walks in the morning when they're on away games? <laughs> what have they begun calling their walks between the broadcasting teams on their away it. games? Text in uh,
3: texter number 30 is going to win this one. Texture number 30 mm. is going to win this one. Okay, We like it. And we're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll next on 101 ESPN. One <laughs>
1: to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
3: The Cardinals earned run average with Wilson Contreras is 4.8. 8, seven with Kisner, it's 4.22. So it's not as dramatic as it was earlier in the season. It was uh, a it was run f- and a half difference, and now it's 4.87 for Contreras, 4.22 for Kisner. Yeah. Half a run Interesting,
8: because it was, yeah, I think it was 3.8 and 4.8, like the start off yeah. the season there for a while. So Kisner's has gone up, and Contreras has gone down a little bit, but yes. about stabled.
3: Yeah, because Contreras learned more, and Kisner forgot a bunch. Yep, learned more about the What a pitching. week
5: can do with catching. We all
6: learned. Within the last month or so, about yeah, that, about the art of pitching.
5: Yeah. I just, I just want to know specifically. I would love to know, like, more <laughs> ah, specifically, funny. what's going on with with Wilson Contreras and what they deem is not exactly working. If there is something fixable here, I, I would assume that they would be exploring all avenues with that.
8: Or they can leave us in the dark, and then we can just
3: you know no. guess, guess wildly well, without any you know basis. I,
5: I would rather I go have with that answers. Option, rock.
3: Aside from Libertor, with the pitch calm... Wayno should call his own game. Flaherty should call his own game. Michaelis should call his own game. Montgomery should call his own game.
6: I I, I don't really understand what the
3: problem is. And and next year, (laughs) well, the year after next, third year of the contract, you're going to have robo umps there should be nothing all you have to do is after next year all you have to do is catch the ball there you go
5: are, are you saying that the pitching staff has been spoiled and kind of entitled mm-hmm. because oh, of they've oh, been spoiled by yadi is that what word. you're saying that's, a big randy? Randy, that's
3: what i'm saying randy
5: randy is that what you're saying yes.
3: yeah you. Um, yadi has built up expectations mm-hmm. and and those expectations, <laughs> not the pitcher's fault, again, not mm-hmm. the pitcher's fault, they have been built up so that the pl- those players expect that they're going to have the game, those pitchers' game, called for them. Now they have to do a little bit more extra work. I just want to know when the light bulb went out and said, hey, you got, you're not Yachty. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it the what neck you tattoos? i when. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: Yeah. All right, what do we got for rock and roll? Well,
8: we have a, uh, a winner, first of all, for our London Watch Party tickets. Again, two tickets, and it's going to include a food buffet, two drink tickets per oh, two person. two tickets for a food buffet? No, a food buffet for... You, yeah. buffet? you might as well just call it <laughs> two tickets to Paradise. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, each person is going to get two drink tickets. That's four uh, total. And you're going to get complimentary parking. The reason why I'm laying this out isn't because we already have our winner today. They already won, but we're going to be giving away these tickets the next three days on the show. So keep on listening throughout that. the show. Here uh, is how we found out the answer this is how the the one percent lives.
0: Brooke, listen, I just <laughs> follow Chip Carey blindly because he is the master navigator. So we've started this tradition this year where we go on hot girl walks. There it is.
8: Hot girl walks is hot what the broadcasters walks. are all doing. Now, I do want to mention that we've been talking to to Chip, and he's been mentioning these these walks, but he didn't tell us they had he a name. He did
6: not. Yeah. BT never did. <laughs> no, <laughs> Richie Ward own never did. Really did not. We're gonna. They need t-shirts. Yeah.
7: Hot girl walk every, t-shirts. Every
6: uh, road trip. Great. Fantastic. First game of the road trip, hot girl walk t-shirt. And they need to post it on the, <laughs> on the socials.
5: That way they don't lose each other when they're looking there at all these monuments yes. and stuff.
6: They all have the same t-shirt on. You all, we're in a group. Yeah. We're a team. Go, so I we wear yeah. the same uniform.
3: So, it's, <laughs> Believe sure. me, they're, they're having fun They're having a good time
6: By the way, there was some
8: news yesterday That we didn't get to talk about today It came out uh, pretty quickly after our show And that was at training for STL City SC We found out that AKA practice AKA practice They mm-hmm. call it training, Randy We found out that it's going to still be a little bit tricky for them As Klaus is still going to be out for an extended period of time And it it's looks a like Luvin is going to be out for four Listen. to six weeks With uh. the League Cup coming up there's a good chance that you don't see them until mid-August because of the month break. So these guys are probably going to miss the next six games leading up to the the, the cup break and probably the first two matches of the cup. Yikes. Back
3: sooner, Klaus or Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's, it, what's the issue O'Neal? he what's he with He's Got a bad back
8: How or something? How long had that? About a week back. Oh,
7: okay.
8: <laughs> 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 Every time. I just, I just want to get away from it, it one Never day. <laughs> just
5: one day, I'm like, this is a show that we will somehow not make this no, joke.
6: No, every time. I, you know what I told you, Rock? The, so the nobody quad, answered the question. The quad. Oh, well, we did <laughs> no, well,
5: who
8: who uh, oh, it? Who oh, yeah. go with. I'm yeah. going to go
6: with Klaus.
5: I'm going to go with Klaus. The quad
6: injury is a tough injury to overcome. Oh,
8: and it's Klaus, Klaus and Louvin both dealing with the it, quads. It, and man, you know, it, it is bad, It Gary. is. It's
6: not a great injury. Hamstrings it just feels different like a quad injury it it almost feels like it's about to rip off the bone yeah hamstrings you can you can deal with I don't know if it's just mental, but it, it's, it's a different,
3: it's a different mm-hmm. thing.
6: Why are you laughing at? I just, I love the line. I,
3: I think Neil Lomax said it. I don't even remember who he said it about. What if he made a glass?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> and Bradley Carnell at training was asked about how they kind of overcome all of these injuries. And here was his answer.
9: Yeah. We have to be a little bit flexible, you know? So, I mean, and it started with the game plan, you know, against Nashville, um, playing with the midfield that we did, um, we thought that we were quite productive and putting guys in spots and, and getting guys like Indy uh, to do double, you know, both jobs, six and a eight and a 10. Uh, Jared started the same thing, six and eight and a 10. So uh, we enjoyed that. We liked what we saw. Um, and then with Indy as a double, six can always operate. Uh, We've got jobs back on an express flight back. Um, so to be an option and, and availability. So see how he gets back into back into action, you know, so he's just Basically, touchdown now. So yeah, as one goes, one comes.
8: He said Jabs is coming. Out. That's Jabulolo Blom coming oh, back from his national nice, service good. with South Africa. Obviously, a big, big addition back into the midfield for Wednesday's game against Real Salt Lake.
3: Okay, so again, Bradley Carnell, coach of St. Louis City SC, you've got some guys with quad injuries. How do you deal? How do you deal with this? Yeah, we have to be a little bit flexible. Clearly.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
6: hey guys, need to stretch a little bit more. A little more flexibility in there. In the training <laughs> sessions, yeah, you you want to well, listen. If you get, don't stretch it out. You, you gotta just let it let it heal. You're gonna overstretch that thing and pull so it even no more. Yoga yeah, nah. I mean, you some injuries. You just got time is the only thing that's gonna help it heal.
3: And you yoga, you, but you. don't... The rest of the guys should be doing yoga. Okay. Yoga is incredible for flexibility. It is I'm, wonderful. I'm too afraid. I like Pilates, Pilates more. Really? Pilates, really? too. Pilates, the machine me, and everything. Pilates
6: is better because it's more strength mm. than than sense. just stretching. I, I almost tore my hamstring off the bone doing yoga. Oh, really? Hot my yoga. God. Oh, Randy, it was, a bad, it was a bad day.
3: How's your balance for yoga?
6: Balance is okay. My I, balance I, I got terrible. pretty good balance. I was in hot yoga class my first time ever taking it when I was in Atlanta. And so the lady told us, if you if you get tired, you can rest. It's my first ever yoga class. And I'm, now you've met me, You're I'm, player. I'm ultra competitive, yeah, right? right? So I see all these people, met me. it's probably six men in the class and I'm dying. Like I am I, I feel like I'm dying, <laughs> but I will not be the first man to go down. It's just my mind, I wouldn't allow it. I see these women doing these stretches and they are limber and in my mind, I can do the same thing. I yeah. almost ripped the hamstring off the oh bone, but I will God. not go down first, Randy. I shall not be the first man. One man took a knee, then two more than me than they, we all just like dominoes it's almost like we were waiting on the first man yeah. to go down and then we all we I all do,
5: I do do mega former Pilates over at Plank
7: and Ooh, it's Plank very intense
5: it's very very yeah. intense and it's always fun to see a male a new male coming to class and you can tell at first they're like, "Oh, I got this," and then yeah, they no. start looking around the room, and then they're first ones <laughs> to like—they're trying to hold on. They're over there like shaking. shaking so, um,
3: I, you know, so Carrie's got the hot yoga. You've got the the mega Pilates. I the mega Pilates, whatever it was. <laughs>
5: mega, uh, <laughs> the, the the mega, mega Pilates. Mega Pilates.
6: I like that
3: <laughs> even better. I, I pull up the ottoman on my lazy boy. And I, I stretch out my hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. So that's me. Your Dude, don't look to me. I'm not done. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Great job by a producer engineer, audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure.
8: And by the way, we're going to have Kalen Carr from the MLS Season Pass joining us tomorrow. We're going right. to have Adam Wainwright at 930. And again, if you want to have your entire morning taken care of on Saturday, listen to the show tomorrow. We'll have a little show trivia, and you can win two tickets to the London Watch Party. And again, buffet. Drinks, parking, all taken care of. Awesome. Thank Buffy. you.
3: A uh Brooks, so it's not Mega Pilates, it's Mega
5: Mega Former.
3: Megaformer. Okay.
5: Reformer. Megaformer? Mega, mega. Mega form- Former. Mega former
8: qu- quarterback for the Saint Louis Rams, Kurt Warner, right? That's how it works. Kurt, oh my It's God. interesting form- that
3: you bring up Kurt because he took Pilates one off season and I talked to him like in August and he said I started losing weight and I couldn't stop losing weight. Yeah. It was unbelievable. He, well,
5: he, okay, what Pilates was he taking specifically again? <laughs> <laughs> but can you find that know, out for me? I, don't know. Yes, I
3: think a, the rest uh, of audience he, would love to know. You know he, he wanted I, I think need he to was, write that down. Was, yeah, he was at 220 and he wanted to get to 210 and then like when I talked to him he was at 200 I think he had Whoa. to stop doing Pilates. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
5: yeah, get back to me on that Pilates <laughs> studio. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. CD. Oh man. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs>
3: Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. We've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up. And then after that, BK and Ferrario until 2 in the fast lane from 2 until 6. And tonight being the—is uh, tonight the 21th? Uh, 20, uh, to, <laughs> 20th, the 20th. I do 21th.
7: Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Yeah. Like well, that on Thursday
3: lot. night, we have the NBA draft, so that's our next big thing coming up. And uh, the Cardinals play— Tonight, 6 o'clock on Bally. For all of us, till tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.
1: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN
2: and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.